unscripted, genuine, and sometimes silly. Marcus Paul in the morning. Okay, good morning, and welcome to a soggy Monday as New South Wales and some of South East Queensland's is in an emergency flood situation. They're calling it the worst floods in 50 years in Sydney in particular, particularly in our western suburbs. So this morning on the program, all the news and your views. If you're one of those flood-affected people, please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 13 12 69 is our telephone number. We will speak to the Weather Bureau. We'll speak to the State Emergency Services. Uh, we'll speak to the Minister in charge, David Elliott, who's looking after and overseeing the emergency response to this once-in-a-50-year weather event. Uh, We'll be crossing as well to some of the affected regions. Of course, we broadcast, as you know, into Port Macquarie on the mid-north coast. Good morning to our listeners on Radio 531 and also FM 93.5 in Port Macquarie. I hope you're all okay. I really do. Give us a call. Let us know your experience. What did you see over the weekend, in particular for my Port Macquarie listeners? Your area, of course, is in a current state of emergency. Uh, For my listeners in Coffs Harbour on Radio 2HC, 6.39am, how are you going? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you this morning. We'll have all the latest news for you. Uh, We'll go through the weather details. Uh, The Bureau, not too far away. Uh, And also, of course... We'll let you know what's happening in Sydney's west. That's the major concern at the moment. The Hawkesbury River is set to go as high as some 16 metres today as Sydney's flash flooding continues, with authorities calling it, as I mentioned, a a once-in-a-50-year event. If it's flooded, well, you know the saying, forget it. There are also up to 200 schools closed. Now, as a result of that, far too many for for me to mention here. But if you go to our social media site, Marcus Paul in the Morning, hashtag Marcus Paul in the Morning on Facebook, we've got a full list there of all of the school closures in New South Wales. That's the state-run schools and also the schools that are run by the Catholic Education Department. Now, very soon we'll cross to the SES. Scott Hodder will join us from the SES this morning. He's on the air very soon. Uh, We'll speak to the Port Macquarie Hastings Mayor as well. Just after a quarter past seven, we'll cross to Stuart Ayres, uh, the Minister for Western Sydney, to see how things are happening. I mean, Warragamba Dam. I mentioned on Friday, and there were concerns, very well-founded concerns, of course. I mentioned on Friday, Warragamba was 96% full. Well, now, as you know, it's overflown because there's been an excess of 200 millimetres of rain in, that, in the catchment area in the past 48 hours. 400 millimetres on the mid-north coast. Now, this weather event is due to the collision of two powerful weather systems that have been hovering over our east coast, and it has seen evacuations... More and more people being evacuated, particularly in Western Sydney at the moment. Those in areas around Penrith and the Nepean River, those around the Hawkesbury River, 
were forced to flee to higher grounds. This started late yesterday when floodwaters inundated their neighbourhoods. Now, the State Emergency Service ordered around 1,000 residents from Western Penrith, Jamison Town and Mulgoa to pack up and leave or face being trapped by rising floodwaters. Now, the New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has warned that up to 4,000 people could be displaced in the Hawkesbury and Apian Valley over the next few days. We've got a call in to uh, the Premier's office. Hopefully we'll get uh, the Premier on the program after nine this morning when we look after the John Laws Morning Show and go right across the state. As I mentioned, almost 140 schools have closed. Roads and bridges have been cut off. The COVID-19 vaccine rollout has been delayed in parts of Sydney and New South Wales because of the extreme weather. And also, supplies to supermarkets have been impeded. Late yesterday, Newcastle Airport suspended flights because of flooding on the runway. With warnings, the airfield could remain closed until midweek. Now, the Premier said parts of Western Sydney are experiencing a 1 in 50 year weather event. Various parts of the Hawkesbury and Apian River network are causing concerns as Warragamba Dam, which will see 75% of its storage capacity flow into the catchment from the event, continues to overflow. I mean, the Premier said yesterday, what we're going through now is different to what you've been through for the last 50 years, so take it seriously. It's the sustained rainfall, the fact that the weather event has settled in and it's not moving on, and of course, the capacity of Warragamba Dam spillover and what that might mean. Obviously, when it's a one in 50 year event, in terms of the amount of rainfall and the sustained rainfall, it has a significant impact. Paul in the morning. Yesterday we were hoping it would only be a 1 in 20 year event. It looks like it will be a 1 in 50 year event and that means potentially uh, another 4,000 people may be asked to evacuate in and around that Hawkesbury region and parts of Western Sydney. Okay, 12 minutes after 6, give me a call, 13 12 69. Not too far away from catching up with the State Emergency Services, Scott Hodder. He'll join us on the program soon. Also a little later this morning, the Emergency Services Minister, David Elliott. He announced 16 national disaster declarations for communities throughout the state yesterday. They've been signed off by his federal counterpart, Minister David Littleproud. So from yesterday, they commenced the so-called recovery phase. So those national disaster declarations will mean that residents affected by floodwaters can begin to receive some assistance. Now, Mr Littleproud said the federal government has activated the Australian government disaster recovery payment and disaster recovery allowance to help those who are most affected. The funding provides support for people who have suffered significant loss, including a severely damaged or destroyed home. Uh, What about that home up there at Port Macquarie on the Hastings River that went swimming? Just incredible. What about all of those lost farm animals? The sheep, the cows, all the rest of it, just awful stuff. 
Now, as a direct result of the extreme weather, if you have suffered significant loss, including a severely damaged or destroyed home, destroyed home, serious injury, or the death of a family member, and we still do have, sadly, a woman missing on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Anyway, you are available for a disaster recovery payments. It's available in the Armidale, Bellingen, Central Coast, Cessnock City, Clarence Valley, Coffs Harbour, Dungog, Kempsey, Lake Macquarie, Maitland City, Mid-Coast Nambucca Valley, Newcastle City, Port Macquarie Hastings, Port Stephens and Tenterfield local government areas. Now that's it so far, but I'm sure there will be uh, further uh, areas added, in particular those areas around the Hawkesbury and Nepean Rivers in Western Sydney. Now the Prime Minister said the severe storms and flooding throughout New South Wales were concerning. He said in a video posted to social media, I wish you every safety in these trying times. The PM said further Commonwealth support was available to the New South Wales government wherever and whenever uh, Ms Berejiklian decides to seek it. Uh, The support comes as the Bureau of Meteorology warned yesterday the collision of these two weather systems over New South Wales over Monday night tonight and Tuesday morning could trigger further river rises. So it's fair to say we're not out of the woods yet. Uh, Meteorologist Rob Taggart said the meeting of a low-pressure system from the northwest and a high-pressure system over the Tasman would create a last blast of rain and storms for the extreme weather event that will continue until at least Wednesday of this week. At least Wednesday. And it will continue to affect those on floodplains, including in Western Sydney, until the end of the week. The Weather Bureau also said it would cause further misery for residents of the mid-north coast of New South Wales, who have already seen widespread damage. And he's urging those on the south coast, who are seeing levels of flood watch and warnings, to be vigilant. Now, parts of Sydney, for instance could see a further 150 millimetres of rainfall over the next 48 hours. The Hawkesbury River at Richmond could reach higher than 16 metres by later this morning. As the level of the Nepean River at Penrith surpassed 10 metres, higher than the 1961 flood event yesterday. Now, the SES have issued a number of evacuation orders for properties around certain areas of New South Wales, but in particular, for those west of Peach Tree Creek, that's south of the Great Western Highway there in Penrith, uh, the Western Highway evacuation route will be cut by rising floodwaters, and you need to gather your essentials and leave. On the mid north coast, there is concern about the Hastings River which was expected to peak at 7.5 metres at Warhope late last night. Now, the town of Kendall, south of Port Macquarie, for my listeners on uh, Radio 531 in Port, well, the town of Kendall, south of Port, has registered 700 millimetres of rain in just four days. All right, well, what's in store for us today, in particular, on the mid-north coast of New South Wales and for my listeners in Sydney, let's go to the Weather Bureau. Helen Reid is there. Morning, Helen. 
Hello, yes, it is morning. Um, possibly not so good for many people that have found that they've had to be elsewhere to what they were expecting. Very true. Um, have we had upwards of 200 millimetres of rain around the Sydney Basin and 400 millimetres of rain up on the mid-north coast? Those figures are incredible. It has just been several wet days. I mean, if we want to look at what's been happening over the past, like, five days, uh, we've even had a couple of places recording over 800 millimetres. So it's just a lot of water. And unfortunately, uh, we do have more to come today and tomorrow. We're not expecting to see much in the way of um, a cessation until Wednesday. So everyone's just going to be mindful that those rivers that are up at the moment are going to stay up. Uh, there might be fluctuations around whether they're classified as flooding as major or moderate, but everyone needs to be mindful that with ongoing rainfall, the floodwaters will take a, little, a couple of days to subside completely. So the problem is, Helen, is that we've got a collision of two powerful weather systems over the East Coast and it's not going anywhere. That's the issue, well, isn't it? Well, it's really been one that's been hanging around for the last four or five days, and now it's being joined by another one coming across from the west. So western parts of New South Wales are likely to see significant rainfall today as well, a couple of hundred millimetres through a few places, um, and that's just moving east, and that's going to be enhancing, in a sense, what we've been seeing for the past few days. So it's not going to ease off today or tomorrow, but as that system finally moves offshore during the course of Wednesday, we can expect mm. life for the northern parts of the coast and through the Sydney region, um, the far south coast is likely to have a, a not-so-good time of it come Wednesday. But further north, looking like it might be a time just to start seeing how, how extensive that flooding is. All right, so in a nutshell, for my listeners, first and foremost on the mid-north coast of New South Wales today, what can they expect, Helen? They can expect more rainfall today. Mid-north coast um, has got numerous rivers um, in flood, um, do keep a check on the latest information from the Bureau of Meteorology. Uh, there are um, expecting to have more rainfall today, even up to about 100 millimetres is quite likely for a few places as well, um, in even more than that in others. So it's just going to enhance what rainfall, I mean, what flooding is already there is going to be maintained as that rain continues today and tomorrow. And for the western suburbs of Sydney in particular, uh, those areas around the Hawkesbury and Nepean rivers? Yes, that's right. We do have um, flooding through there as well. Our Warragamba Dam is spilling as well, just to add to the rainfall that's there. There's been enough rainfall to flood uh, in combination with the um, upstream waters as well coming through. Uh, we do expect to have significant rainfall through the western part of Sydney today as well. Um, could easily get to another 100 millimetres for a few places as well. So going to maintain the river levels at very high levels. Thank you for coming on, Helen. I appreciate it. We'll uh, no doubt talk uh, to you or one of your colleagues on a very busy Monday around New South Wales. Thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, and everyone stay safe and out of the water. Absolutely. Helen Reid from the Bureau there. Marcus Paul in the morning. The Bureau is very concerned about the flooding in the Hawkesbury and Nepean Valley. We are expecting river levels at Penrith to be levels near the 1961 flood. Just to give you some context, it is bigger than the 1990 flood and is bigger than the 1964 flood. Look, I called them at 21 after 6 
Our angels in orange, and boy, oh boy, they certainly have been. They've been sandbagging, they've been performing flood rescues, they've been out and about in their hundreds, if not thousands, over the last 24, 48 hours. I talk about the State Emergency Services. Scott Hodder joins us from SES New South Wales. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Marcus. Mate, what's happening? I mean, I know it's a silly question, but it would have been a busy night for, for you and all the other members and volunteers been a very very busy night uh, look i mean since tracking this entire event more than 8500 requests for assistance um of those uh, 2100 coming in overnight uh, as i'm sure everyone knows uh, and can see the footage uh floods are a big concern for us and we're doing a high number of flood rescues so we are asking members of the community to follow our advice please stay off the roads if you don't need to be on the roads and if we're asking you to evacuate please follow that direction all right, so we know, uh, unfortunately, there have been a number of flood rescues. Do you have a, a rough figure, and where have most of these been, Scott? Look, we have had a number in the Hawkesbury-Nepean Valley um, as floodwaters continue to peak there. As, as uh, Just before I came on, the messaging there is this is a very serious event, mm. very significant event. Um, we've also had a number of flood rescues up in the areas of the mid-north coast yep. and the Hunter region as well. Um, all of those for a variety of issues, of course, as floodwaters impact people's homes. Footage, again, unfortunately, of the couple's home floating down a river yeah. just shows you the seriousness of this event. All right. Uh, if it's flooded, forget it. Uh, no doubt sandbagging will continue in a number of areas uh, and also evacuation orders are in place. Can you go through maybe a couple of those for us? Look, Marcus, there are quite a number of evacuation orders uh, that are out there and for risk of uh, for not wanting uh, to overlook any of them sure. because they're all as equally important. We're encouraging all members of the community to go to our website, ses.nsw.gov.au. There is a current list of all evacuation warnings and orders that are in effect. Uh, if anyone is being asked to evacuate, uh, please seek assistance from friends and family in the first instance. But if you do need support, uh, there are evacuation centres available. Follow the directions of the authorities on the ground. And just as you touched on there, if you don't mind, uh, if it's flooded, forget it. You are exactly mm. right. If people are on the roads and you are needing to be on the roads this morning or throughout this entire event, you come across floodwaters, please do not drive through them. Floodwater is dangerous, and as you rightly say, forget it. All right. Great to have you on, Scott. No doubt uh, you'll be a busy boy today. We'll uh, track uh, these events, uh, these floods, as they continue to impact uh, the mid-north coast of New South Wales. For my listeners up there in uh, the Port Macquarie, the Hastings area, Coffs Harbour, and down, of course, via 2SM Sydney for the western parts of the city. Scott, thank you very much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks, Marcus. All right, there he is, Scott Hodder from the SES. Marcus Paul in the morning. Email Marcus and follow the show on social media by going to 2sm.com.au. All right, give us a call if you would uh, like to share your experience. Please, goes without saying, take it nice and easy on the roads. Uh, we'll get a, a road update uh, for my listeners on 2SM Sydney in just a few moments. But look, there are a stack of road closures uh, around New South Wales. I put them up on our social media site. Um, all the SES, the important SES information we've also shared. Uh, hashtag Marcus Paul in the morning. So if you're on Facebook and you want a list of all of the road closures, if you want a list of all of the New South Wales schools closed, at least 137 
of the state schools are closed and other Catholic schools also closed. Far too many to mention here, a little like the road closures. But uh, if you have the time and you're concerned about whether or not your local school is open, if you're in a flood zone, uh, all the details are up on our social media site. So just go to Marcus Paul in the morning on Facebook. All right, uh, now, if you are driving through floodwaters, you could face jail time. Jail time is on the cards for drivers who risk their lives and those of the emergency service workers and volunteers forced to rescue them from floodwaters. Richmond Police Detective Chief Inspector Cameron Lindsay said there were a raft of offences people could be liable for, but these were nothing compared to what might happen if someone loses their life in floodwater. Now, you can face a fine of up to $1,000. And, of course, as we know, sadly, despite repeated warnings and pleas for drivers to stay clear of flooded roads, emergency services have still been forced in this current event to respond to an alarming number of flood rescues over the weekend. The Richmond Tweed SES Region Controller Andrew McPhee said it was frustrating to have to allocate resources to avoidable incidents during a severe weather event. I mean, the SES are busy enough as it is. If it's flooded, forget it. If it's flooded, forget it. Now, as you heard from the Weather Bureau, both the Mid-North Coast and Sydney could expect up to 100 millimetres more rain today. That's the latest we got from the Weather Bureau. And the SES have so far responded to 8,500 requests for help, including 2,100 last night alone. Flood rescues, in particular, around the Hawkesbury Nepean and the Mid-North Coast and Hunter regions. News next. Marcus Paul in the morning. We require some assistance in relation to flood rescue operators. So we've got 85 personnel coming from both South Australia and Queensland and requesting an additional 40 coming from Victoria. All right, welcome back to the program. Great to have your company. Joining us on the program very soon, uh, the Mayor of the Port Macquarie Hastings Council, Peter Pinson. As you know, the New South Wales government's declared some 34 natural disaster zones in the past 48 hours, and they include uh, Coffs Harbour, Port Macquarie Hastings, Midcoast, Dungog, Armidale, Bellingen, Clarence Valley. Now, of course, this assistance does mean that victims can access practical support, including help for councils for the clean-up, concessional interest rate loans for small businesses and freight subsidies for primary producers. Now, I've got a note here from Essential Energy. They've restored power to more than 7,000 customers across the mid-north coast, but unfortunately, some 6,300 customers remain without power this morning. Rain has continued to fall across the coast, while strong winds brought down trees in Port Macquarie and further north at Kempsey and also at South West Rocks. Floodwaters have subsided in some areas, allowing crews to gain access to patrol lines and start repairs. However, water levels are starting to increase again due to water washing down river systems from higher ground. We can assure you, this is from Essential Energy, they can assure us that, of course, they will be working as hard as they can where it is safe to do so to progressively restore power 
but the ongoing severe weather and flooding is hampering conditions and causing further power outages. While heavy gust, gusty winds have stopped helicopters from taking off to patrol their power lines, they do hope they'll be able to start aerial patrols a little later this morning. They're reminding their community to please keep yourselves as safe as possible and to always stay at least eight metres away from fallen power lines and poles. Now, if you come across a fallen power line or a fallen power pole, the number to call, 132080, okay? 132080, that's for essential energy. All right, the Mayor of the Port Macquarie Hastings region is Peter Pinson. She's on her way this morning to the emergency set-up in Port Macquarie. Good morning to you, Peter. Good morning, Marcus. I wish I was speaking to you under better circumstances. Oh, absolutely. We seem to have these chats when there's a crisis. Absolutely. Last time we were talking about the fire emergency up your way, but now we have floods, uh, and it's really awful. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't, I've only seen vision of the of the flooding disaster up there. You're there in the thick of it. Uh, what's happening in your community? Look, absolutely. Um, heartbreaking stories of, um, of some of our most vulnerable in our community are just heartbreaking and it's just devastating for our region and, and, and the neighbours. Uh, you know, the Mid-Coast Council, Kempsey Council, Nambucca, Coffs, we're all being affected. But uh, it seemed to start off on Friday with hitting us the hardest. And what I'd have to say is um, this is this is a totally different crisis from our fires and not taking anything away from, you know, how, um, how confronting that was. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to fight fire. With flood, you can't fight a flood. Um, and a lot of people actually, um, Marcus, were, they were taken by surprise and because of this, there was, uh, there was a lot of uh, emergency evacuations. And we're expecting um, the weather. There's two weather systems we're hearing that are going to collide. It's going to create more rain in a flooded region already, um, yeah. more swelling of our river systems, um, more danger. I, I just cannot get my head around the fools that have decided to drive through flooded water. In fact, there was an emergency evacuation. Young man almost lost his life. In fact, he ended up in hospital in a very uh, serious condition by doing just that. And uh, people put their lives on the ri- uh, at risk yes. to go into these floodwaters to save people. Now, the state government has declared uh, your area of Port Macquarie Hastings a, a natural disaster zone, which means, of course, that uh, some disaster recovery allowances are available to support those heavily affected by the storms and flooding, uh, and, and that includes your council as well. Uh, I, I would imagine council workers are working 24-7 to try and help sandbag areas and, uh, and help the SES where possible. Well, in most places, it's beyond sandbagging now. Um, people have just realised that homes and businesses have been inundated and for many, um, you know, the little that they had, they've lost. Um, for others, you know, there's stories of renovations that had occurred just before the flood and, um, you know, people people are just devastated by this. And yes, there is 
funding um, and we are so grateful for that and that will assist in some way. Um, as far as council assets are concerned and, and, you know, really they're the community assets, we're seeing our roads absolutely fall apart. Yeah. Our stormwater systems can't cope. Our sewer networks are um, overflowing. It's just as bad as you can imagine. All right, I'll let you go because I know you're on your way to the emergency centre there in Port Macquarie. We might catch up with you a little later on the program for our listeners on FM 93.5 and Radio 531. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Marcus. All right, there she is, a very busy lady this morning, the Mayor of Port Macquarie Hastings, Peter Pinson. All right, let's go to uh, Peter Denton, who's our 2RE Mid-North Coast uh, journalist, we know up there in, in Taree things aren't looking good. I mean, Taree itself is cut off by floodwaters, with nearby communities of Wingham, Coopernook also hit hard. The Martin Bridge in Taree has had some of its scaffolding washed off. It's also been hit by debris, and it won't be open any time soon. So what's happening up there on the Mid-North Coast this morning? G'day, Peter. G'day, Marcus. How are you? I'm okay, mate. Look, I imagine things are still uh, a little hairy this morning with more than 100-odd millimetres still to come, we're told today, by the Weather Bureau. We're watching the, um, the the river level starting to drop in the um, uh, in the Manning at the at the present time. Uh, I was out and about with my family yesterday afternoon, and we saw a marked difference from what we saw on Saturday. Um, the uh, the water was grazing the bottom of the the Manning uh, or the the, the Martin Bridge in Taree, uh, but late yesterday uh, there was a marked difference in that one, which was good. You mentioned about the scaffolding. Mm. Um, the the Martin Bridge in the last couple of months or so has undergone a bit of a paint job. Uh, it's one of the things that um, that happens with uh, maintenance for um, for bridges up and down the the coast. And um, after many many years, we've uh, we've had the chance to have our bridge painted, and uh, there was scaffolding there. It was um, planned to be a two and a half year job. Um, that's in abeyance at the moment. But uh, some of the scaffolding that the um, the work staff were using to um, to paint the bridge, um, it's now collapsed and and gone out to sea so that's quite an unfortunate situation but um, uh, the river levels are starting to drop and we'll start back as far as Gloucester Um, the river levels there are starting to to drop and and things are starting to get back to some sort of normality. Um, there's a bit of a clean-up happening with uh, different um, businesses, etc., and uh, and that extends right down through to Wingham um, and then into uh, the the Tari area. As you saw over the weekend, a house was dislodged from a, a, a local property and yes. um, and taken and uh, and crushed underneath the uh, the bridge in in Tari. Um, a lot of that was happening. There was a lot of livestock that was um, that was washed and. And uh, incredibly, too, a lot of the livestock uh, survived and came ashore yes. and were captured by a lot of the residents and, um, and put onto dry ground and, and put in, um, in stock pens so that they could um, survive and, and they're being cared for and looked didn't after Didn't I also well. see, Peter, didn't I see uh, cows actually uh, coming to beaches? I mean, they, they were washed out, but they were sort of in the, in the, in the surf and, and then yeah. being rescued. Incredible scenes. Yeah, and, and that's true. Um, I think out at um, out at Old Bar, um, yeah. the surf club members at um, at Old Bar, they were um, sur- <laughs> surrounding this cow that had uh, that had uh, had a bit of a surf and come yeah. up on the beach and uh, was uh, was okay and um, was secured and uh, it was a little bit frightened, but um, mm. was secured and, and uh, now they've just got to find an owner for it and um, and get it back to uh, the rightful owner. All but, right. Uh, yes. 
Worth mentioning there in Tari, Tari High School, Tari Public School, Tari West Public School, uh, Tea Gardens, Telegraph Point, a whole stack of schools around that area are closed today for obvious reasons. And they're going to make a decision too in the next 24 hours about um, what's going to happen with uh, with school children in the uh, in the next few days or so. We've got a couple of weeks to go, and then we've got school holidays. So That's it. Um, maybe too that they they keep them away for a, a little bit longer so that um, uh, they keep safe. Yeah. And we um, and we keep safe. I noticed yesterday um, uh, there was a lot of uh, fireys, rural fire service personnel had come into town into Taree um, to help out with the uh, with the the flood situation here, helping out with what you call the uh, the Orange Army. Um, they've been out and about in our local region uh, helping. And as Mayor Pinson has uh, has told you, and she mentioned over the weekend too, those numbers are thin on the ground. And if uh, if people are doing the wrong thing. Um, um, it causes a lot of problems for oh, the yeah. Orange Army. Yep. We we need people to be um, safe, and we need people to do the right thing when it comes to um, our local region and and all parts of the uh, all parts of the coastal areas. We're seeing this weather event um, last from the uh, the Queensland border right down to the Victorian border, and um, we're going to get hit hard again in the uh, the next 24 hours or so from that other weather system that's yep. coming down from the northwest. It's not good. All right, we might catch up with you a little later on the Laws program. Thank you, Pete. Cool. Talk to you soon. Thank you, mate. Peter Denton from our 2RE Mid-North Coast newsroom. Uh, Things aren't there. Well, things... Well, they've subsided a little bit, but now, of course, we've got more rain coming, which will cause concern uh, for the Taree-Hastings area. Now, on the Mid-North Coast today, the Weather Bureau have told us up to 100 more millimetres could fall, while in Sydney into the Warragamba catchment, and then, of course, out to into the uh, Nepean and Hawkesbury rivers. A further 100 millimetres expected there. 34 natural disaster zones have been declared in the state of New South Wales, while last night the State Emergency Service uh, responded to 2,100 requests for assistance. So far, since the start of this weather event, some 8,500 requests. And look, it's not just the mid-north coast of New South Wales or, of course, the west of Sydney that are affected by this. There's also all sorts of problems going on around the area of uh, the hinterland of the Gold Coast. I've seen some incredible footage of some uh, rushing floodwaters through that area. So, look, it it is a concern. Now, the New South Wales Water Minister is being blamed for the Warragamba Dam spill. I don't know what to make of that. I really don't. Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, with these things, sometimes they turn a little political. I'm not so concerned about that today. Uh, we will speak to the New South Wales um, Police Minister and the Minister in Charge of Disaster Response, David Elliott, a little later on the program this morning. He apparently pointed the finger at Melinda Pavey yesterday. Maybe it's a little premature at this stage. Uh, But we've known for a long time that, you know, if Warragamba spills, well, then there's problems downstream. And why we've allowed literally, you know, hundreds of thousands of homes to be built along floodplains, well, I, I don't know. I don't understand. Also, the issue, of course, at Parramatta, with the rising waters of the Parramatta River over the weekend, we saw the Powerhouse Museum site, you guessed it, 
flooded. So will that put a halt to perhaps the idea that the government will go ahead with building the powerhouse museum on this site that critics have claimed is a floodplain? And over the weekend, it was definitely proved to be so. In 2021, 2SM has Sydney talking. Marcus Paul in the morning. The terrible storms and floods that have been ravaging New South Wales these past few days are taking a heavy toll. This is not the first time that New South Wales has faced such terrible storms and, and flood events, but it is certainly very concerning for all of us, and our thoughts are with all of those going through these very difficult times at this moment. Yeah, the Prime Minister, uh, with his message yesterday, we will speak to the Federal Minister in charge of the response uh, to emergency management, David Littleproud. He'll be on the program uh, between now and nine. Uh, we will also be catching up with David Elliott. Uh, a couple of Davids, both in charge of uh, the state and federal response to this ongoing emergency. So, as you've heard in the uh, the first hour of the program, we've heard from the Weather Bureau. They say up to 100 more millimetres of rain expected today on the mid-north coast. Also, a further 100 millimetres expected in the Warragamba catchment, and that'll affect, obviously, the Hawkesbury and Nepean areas. We heard from the SES, 8,500 requests for assistance, some 2,500 last night alone. Flood rescues, well, far, far too many. If it's flooded, forget it, absolutely. On the mid-north coast, uh, we heard from Mayor Peter Pinson, who's on her way to the emergency management centre there in Port Macquarie. Just devastation as far as the eye can see. Evacuation orders remain in place for a number of areas, Uh, We have all of those up on our social media. Just follow us on Facebook, hashtag Marcus Paul in the morning. They say it is a one in 50 year events. The floods and the issues happening around the Hawkesbury Nepean, particularly out in the West, well, they're worse than they were in the last floods back in the 60s. On the Blue Mountain side of the Nepean River, I mean, the water began rising over parts of River Road by 10am yesterday and by lunchtime it was lapping at people's driveways and there have been a number of homes that have been inundated. And they're not cheap homes, mind you, on the River Road there. Of course, we've had evacuation orders out there near Penrith, the western part of Jamison Town, the northern end of Mulgoa Road, western parts of Penrith, as floodwaters pushed the Nepean River to its highest level since 1961. And, of course, you know what's happening? Well, we are basically seeing a number of Sydney harbours being released each and every day. The discharge coming out of the Warragamba Dam, according to Bruce, who sent me a note here on the email, Marcus, the discharge coming out of the Warragamba Dam is equivalent to one Sydney harbour per day, If we raised the dam wall a few years ago, we could have saved all of this water and it would have saved residents downstream. Look, I don't know. Uh, It's, yes, there is a political side to all of this, but I reckon that's for a little later in the piece. Today is all about keeping people safe, ensuring that we assist those residents who are losing uh, their homes and their possessions. As I mentioned, disaster assistance following the floods is now available in the Armidale, Bellingen, Central Coast, Cessnock, Clarence Valley, Coffs Harbour, Dungog, Kempsey, Lake Macquarie, Maitland, Mid-North Coast, Nambucca Valley, 
Newcastle, Port Macquarie, Port Stephenson, Tenterfield government areas. Uh, there will be others added, no doubt, particularly around the Windsor area with the Windsor Bridge, the new Windsor Bridge. Goodness sake, that was supposed to, that was built to try and avert any flood problems. And what about the site of the Powerhouse Museum at Parramatta? If you want to talk politics, boy, oh boy, wrong place for it. And this flood events has just proven that. Now, also this morning, it's important to remind you that if you drive through floodwaters, you are being warned by New South Wales police. And I'll talk to David Elliott about this. He's also the police minister. You could face jail time. Jail time is on the cards for drivers who risk their lives and those of the emergency service workers and volunteers forced to rescue them from floodwaters. There was a, a rescue yesterday. In fact, there are a number of rescues. Some of them were quite harrowing. Uh, but one in particular that stands to mind was an elderly woman rescued from floodwaters on the central coast at Wyong. Just be very careful. If it's flooded, forget it. Marcus Paul in the morning. The Bureau is very concerned about the flooding in the Hawkesbury Nepean Valley. We are expecting river levels at Penrith to be levels near the 1961 flood. Just to give you some context, it is bigger than the 1990 flood and it's bigger than the 1964 flood. All right, good morning and welcome back to the program on this, well, very wet March day. It is the 22nd of March 2021 and 34 natural disaster zones have been declared around the state of New South Wales from Windsor to Tari and other areas further north, up around Port Macquarie, even up to Coffs Harbour. The mid-north coast, we're told, can expect up to 100 extra millimetres of rain today, along with Sydney. Here's what Helen Reid from the Weather Bureau told the program not so long ago. Well, it's really been one that's been hanging around for the last four or five days, and now it's being joined by another one coming across from the west. So western parts of New South Wales are likely to see significant rainfall today as well, a couple of hundred millimetres through a few places. Um, and that's just moving east and that's going to be enhancing, in a sense, what we've been seeing for the past few days. So it's not going to ease off today or tomorrow, but as that system finally moves offshore during the course of Wednesday, we can expect mm-hmm. life for the northern parts of the coast and through the Sydney region. Um, the far south coast is likely to have a, a not so good time of it come Wednesday, but further north, looking like it might be a time just to start seeing how, how extensive that flooding is. All right, so in a nutshell, for my listeners, first and foremost on the mid-north coast of New South Wales today, what can they expect, Helen? They can expect more rainfall today. Mid-north coast um, has got numerous rivers um, in flood. Um, Do keep a check on the latest information from the Bureau of Meteorology. Uh, There are... um, Expecting to have more rainfall today, even up to about 100 millimetres is quite likely for a few places as well, um, in even more than that in others. So it's just going to enhance what rainfall, I mean, what flooding is already there is going to be maintained as that rain continues today and tomorrow. All right, there she is, uh, Helen Reid from the Weather Bureau. A short while ago. Of course, the SES, the Angels in Orange, as I call them, at 11 after 7, they've been kept busy. 8,500-odd requests since this whole thing began. Evacuation orders are in place. They're assisting there. And, of course, unfortunately, a number of flood rescues. We caught up with Scott Hodder from the SES. It's been a very, very busy night. Uh, Look, I mean, since tracking this entire event, more than 8,500 requests for assistance 
Um, of those uh, 2,100 coming in overnight, uh, as I'm sure everyone knows uh, and can see the footage, uh, floods are a big concern for us and we're doing a high number of flood rescues. So we are asking members of the community to follow our advice. Please stay off the roads if you don't need to be on the roads. And if we're asking you to evacuate, please follow that direction. All right, so we know, uh, unfortunately, there have been a number of flood rescues. Do you have a, a rough figure on where have most of these been, Scott? Look, we have had a number in the Hawkesbury Nepean Valley um, as floodwaters continue to peak there. As, as uh, Just before I came on, the messaging there is this is a very serious event, very significant event. Um, we've also had a number of flood rescues up in areas of the mid-north coast and the Hunter region as well. Um, all of those for a variety of issues, of course, as floodwaters impact people's homes. Footage, again, unfortunately, of the couple's home floating down a river yeah. just shows you the seriousness of this event. Yep, there he is, uh, Scott Hodder from the SES Police. Whatever you do, make sure if it's flooded, you forget it. We also uh, caught up with the the mayor who uh, I guess has been absolutely uh, run off her feet over the last certainly 24 hours from Port Macquarie, Mayor Peter Pinson. Heartbreaking stories of... um of some of our most vulnerable in our community are just heartbreaking and it's just devastating for our region and and, and the neighbours, uh, you know, the Mid-Coast Council, Kempsey Council, Nambucca, Coffs, we're all being affected. But uh, it seemed to start off on Friday with hitting us the hardest. And what I'd have to say is um, this is this is a totally different crisis from our fires and not taking anything away from, you know, how... Um, how confronting that was. You have a chance to fight fire. With flood, you can't fight a flood. Um, and a lot of people actually, um, Marcus, were, they were taken by surprise. And because of this, there was, uh, there was a lot of uh, emergency evacuations. And we're expecting um, the weather. There's two weather systems we're hearing that are going to collide. It's going to create more rain in a flooded region already, um, yeah. more swelling of our river systems, um, more danger. I, I just cannot get my head around the fools that have decided to drive through flooded water. In fact, there was an emergency evacuation. Young man almost lost his life. In fact, he ended up in hospital in a very uh, serious condition by doing just that. And uh, people put their lives on the ri- uh, at risk yes. to go into these floodwaters to save people. Marcus Paul in the morning. We require some assistance in relation to flood rescue operators. So we've got 85 personnel coming from both South Australia and Queensland and requesting an additional 40 coming from Victoria. All right, it's a quarter past seven, 13, 12, 69. I want to hear your stories. This morning, give us a call if you're listening to us in Port Macquarie on the mid-north coast. Maybe you're out in Sydney's western suburbs. We will catch up with the Minister for Western Sydney, Stuart Ayres. He'll be on after uh, 8 o'clock this morning. And in, in just a short while, the Federal Minister for Disaster Recovery, David Littleproud, will be on the program. Now, for those on the mid-north coast, my Port Macquarie listeners who are still without power, they're working on it. They tell us essential energy. They restored power to some 7,000 customers yesterday across the mid-north coast, but still, I understand this morning, some 6,300 homes remain without power. 
strong winds have brought down trees into lines in Port Macquarie and further north at Kempsey and southwest rocks. And, of course, slub, uh, floodwaters, well, that's stopped a number of crews from getting in to get any access to power lines. Look, importantly, if you do come across any fallen power lines, first of all, steer clear of them, stay at least eight metres away and you can call 132080 to report any fallen power lines or power poles on the mid-north coast. As I say, some 6,500 customers still without power this morning. Okay, we've got a full list up at Marcus Paul in the morning on Facebook of all of those school closures in New South Wales. Okay, uh, heavy rain is forecast, as I say, with warnings that the worst is still yet to come. According to the Weather Bureau, a further 100 odd millimetres in Sydney and on the mid north coast today. So, of course, we'll keep you updated here on the Super Radio Network. Now, with the current weather conditions affecting roads and public transport across Greater Sydney and the Hunter, passengers are urged to avoid unnecessary travel, particularly in flood-affected areas. A number of busway services in the Hawkesbury, Penrith and Blacktown areas are not operating today for obvious reasons. If possible, passengers should work from home. Additionally, buses continue to replace trains on the Central Coast and Newcastle line between Newcastle Interchange and Morissette due to severe weather conditions. Uh, There's flooding around Cockle Creek. Buses are also replacing trains on the T1 Western line between Schofields and Richmond due to flooding, as well as on the Hunter line between Newcastle Interchange, Maitland and Dungog, or Scone due to severe weather conditions there. Uh, Look, there's far too many road closures for me to mention here right now, but it's safe to say uh, that around the Mount Coringai Chase area, also around the Glenmore Parkway to Wallachia, Mulgoa Road close, Wallachia Bridge. I'll double-check that for you. It was underwater last night, but we'll we'll double-check that in just a couple of moments. But there are a number of other areas that are closed. I mean, Bridge Street is closed across the new Windsor Bridge at Windsor, uh, we've got road closures around Pitt Town, road closures to the Wakehurst Parkway between the Academy of Sport and Oxford Falls. Uh, these are all the major ones. Macquarie Streets at uh, Bell Street is closed at Windsor. Hawkesbury Valley Way is closed between Moses Street and Percival Street at Clarendon. Bell's line of road is closed between Pitt Lane and Chapel Street across the Hawkesbury River Bridge at Richmond. Wiseman's Ferry Road is closed between Mitchell Park Road and Sackville Ferry Road from Cadeye to South Maruta. And, of course, the Audley Weir, naturally, closed as well due to all of that rain. Now, in the north, the main road closures include the Buckets Way between Saxby's Road and Roy's Road, Manning River Drive closed across the Manning River Bridge, the Pacific Highway closed between George Gibson Drive and Manning River Drive from Coopernook, to Glenthorne. Uh, Waterfall Way is closed. The Oxley Highway closed between Mount Seaview Road to uh, Brackendale Road from Mount Seaview to Walker. And there are some other ones as well. The Golden Highway closed between Rains Road and the New England Highway through the Singleton Military Area. Uh, Lismore Road is closed between Richmond Hill Road and also at Binneborough. Okay, now in the west, Janolan Caves Road is closed. 
Bell's line of road is closed in a number of areas as well. In the south, the Illawarra Highway is closed between Tongara Road and Croom Lane at Albion Park Rail. So, in other words, you cannot get from Albion Park Rail west. Uh, Also, the Illawarra Highway closed between Mount Murray Road and the Escarpment Drive through Macquarie Pass. So, Macquarie Pass, essentially, into the Illawarra is closed. You're advised to avoid any non-essential travel. Anyone who does perhaps need to travel, well, you have to exercise extreme caution, allow plenty of extra travel time and never, I repeat, never drive through floodwaters. Uh, If you want more details, all the w's.livetraffic.com. I've got a, a full list of road closures up on our Facebook page. Marcus Paul in the morning. David Little proud on the program very soon. He's uh, in charge of the federal government's response to this disaster. Another David. Well, we've got a few Davids we're speaking to this morning. They're all Davids in charge of emergencies. Um, we'll join uh, the New South Wales Police Minister, David Elliott. Uh, he'll be on the program just after 8 o'clock. But David West is the Mayor of the Midcoast Council. We had Peter Pinson on earlier from uh, Port Macquarie. David will be on the program next. 2SM has Sydney talking. Oh, my goodness, John Laws. We're the survivors. 2SM has Sydney talking. Marcus Paul in the morning. Yesterday, we were hoping it would only be a 1 in 20 year event. It looks like it will be a 1 in 50 year event. And that means potentially uh, another 4,000 people may be asked to evacuate in and around that Hawkesbury region and parts of Western Sydney. Well, it's good to have you company 23 minutes after 7. We're trying to keep our listeners on the mid-north coast and those in Western Sydney updated on all the latest information in this flood emergency, particularly around uh, the Penrith area. They're facing a 1 in 50 year flooding event as more and more water is spilled from Warragamba Dam. But of course, we will not forget the mid-coast. The mid-coast is really copping it, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've got uh, road closures, as I mentioned. There have been a stack of flood rescues. The SES have been kept busy there overnight as well. If you are in trouble, life-threatening situations, you need to call triple zero. But the SES number for those angels in orange, 132500. David West is the Mayor of the Mid-Coast Council. Good morning, David. Good morning, Marcus. And I guess that's probably not the right sort of introduction. It is morning. The the rain is still falling, albeit very lightly. Mm. So we're an 8,000-square-kilometre rain catchment area. Hence the reason we've just gone through a one-in-a-hundred-year flood event. It's incredible. I've seen the, the photos from Old Bar, Taree, um, Wingham, Harrington. Uh, it's just not stopped. Marcus, I guess the, the way to demonstrate how serious this is, people would have seen a house floating down the Manning River. Yeah. Now, that house can be replaced. But short distance from where that house was taken, 120 head of cattle were washed away. Oh, dear. Another dairy farmer in this area lost 60% of his dairy herd washed into the Manning River. We're we're talking about a massive amount of water over a very large area, travelling at pretty high speed. Water that's travelling fast enough to strip bitumen from roads rip concrete, cause major landfalls, landslips. All of our schools are closed. It's, it's, 
we've got to come out of a pandemic, mm. the worst bushfires in the history of the area, major drought in the area, and now we're being hit with this. Now, you have evacuation areas at Old Bar, Manning Point, Taree, Wingham, Harrington, Cundletown, Bulladeela, Tungkurri. Uh, there's some good news here. I see that uh, plenty of Good Samaritans locals have been dropping by with bedding and supplies at these evacuation centres, which is great. Uh, look, I've only been able to get to the one at Taree, and I was there yesterday afternoon. And to give you an idea of the resilience of these people, and I believe it's the resilience of all Australians. I met, I met over, over 80 people. There were two families which stood out in, in relation to changes in circumstances. A mum, a dad, a grandmother, and three children plucked from their, room, their house, which was underwater by helicopter. They only had just had the clothes on their back, and the, the, lady, the younger lady was in a very embarrassing situation. I spoke to them, no tears, just an understanding of they've lost everything. But the grandmother, David, will rebuild. And I, I thought to myself, you know, this is absolutely amazing. Uh, I was threatened with bushfire, and I could see that coming. These people were hit by a flood. They didn't see it coming, and it came very quickly. The other one that was really indirectly beautiful, if you can say something like that, was a young family that had a two-day-old child. Their property was underwater. They don't know exactly how it is. But the husband said to me, David, I'm a carpenter. If anybody needs any help after this disaster, I'm available. You know, that's the sort of thing that's built this country into the country it is. Yeah, absolutely. David, I'm just, uh, I've just been handed a note from the Weather Bureau because we might not be out of the woods yet, particularly up there on the mid-coast. Major flooding is continuing across a number of areas, including parts of, well, this is for all of my audience, uh, Western Sydney, where numerous evacuation warnings are in place. Further rain in locations around New South Wales will continue to keep uh, the risk to people's safety high. Now, for the mid-coast, as we heard from the Weather Bureau this morning, another 100-odd millimetres, possibly in the next 24 hours, David. Look, we've been watching this weather front coming down the coast and also one coming from the northwest. It would appear they're both going to converge and we may be yeah. the, the, the zone where it'll converge. We, that sort of rainfall... Marcus, my wife rang me yesterday in tears. 40 millimetres of rain fell in half an hour on my home. We're out of the floodway, but we're suffering normal flood damage in any farm. But that sort of rainfall would frighten anybody. Uh, it, it was like a train landing on, a, on, an, on an iron roof, which we have. Yeah. Now, an, another 100 millimetres of rain in this area will just lift the, weather, the, the rain, lift the floods up again. And you've, you've already mentioned the areas that are out. But we, we extend from Johns River all the way down to Tea Gardens, Bulladeer, all of these areas are still suffering the effects of this flood. That's right. As I mentioned, our floodplain in the Manning River is 1,400 square kilometres. The Manning catchment alone is 8,000 square kilometres. Then you have the Mile catchment, which is impacted by floods. It is a horrendous set of circumstances that will take years to recover from, and the businesses that have been affected... Once again, talking about the beauty of people responding... We have a company here called Basin Blues. They respond to people 
that are raising funds at any time by supplying music and musical instruments mm. and marvellous support. They were inundated. Basically, wow. their businesses wrecked. Fifty people turned up on their door to help them move stock that could be saved to a safe location. Well, that's a great story, David. I've got to leave it there. I've got the news knocking on my door. Thank you for your time. We might catch up with you a little later this morning on the, the John Law Show. Okay, David? Marcus, that would be lovely. You take care. Keep safe. Appreciate it. There he is, David West, the Mayor of the Mid Coast Council. 13 12 69, our telephone number. Marcus Paul in the morning. Marcus Paul in the morning. We require some assistance in relation to flood rescue operators. So we've got 85 personnel coming from both South Australia and Queensland and requesting an additional 40 coming from Victoria. Okay, welcome back to the program, our special flood edition, I guess, of Marcus Paul in the morning. 131269 is my telephone number if you would like to have you say on this 22nd day of March. Thank you to Wayne who sent me through some uh, some harrowing video of this southeastern downpour that's happening with residents on high alert now uh, in southeast Queensland, particularly on the Gold Coast. Uh, Wayne's video shows a torrent of water streaming down the road uh, past his property at Oxenford on the Gold Coast. Now, (laughs) the vision that I put up on our social media through the Gold Coast hinterland yesterday was very scary, and that was yesterday, with more rain expected as, uh, well, as things worsen up there in southeast Queensland, particularly on the Gold Coast, up around the hinterland areas. 131269, to have you say, police are still appealing for information following reports a bodyboarder believed to be missing in waters at Coffs. Now, this happened on Saturday, just before three emergency services responded to reports of a male bodyboarder in trouble who failed to resurface from the shoreline at North Wall Beach at Coffs Harbour. Now, officers attached to the Coffs, a Coffs Clarence Police District conducted a search of the beach and water with the assistance of a rescue helicopter and surf life-saving New South Wales, but... They were unable to locate the man. The search was suspended overnight and resumed yesterday. Anyone who was in the area at the time, in the water or has any information, is being urged to contact police immediately. one 800 0 In other news as well, a man will front court today charged over an alleged robbery in Sydney's inner west. This happened yesterday just before 5 o'clock. A taxi driver attending an address in Fort Street, Petersham, Uh, was then attacked. The 64-year-old taxi driver was, uh, well, was demanded money and a bloke wielding a knife stole a sum of cash and then attempted to remove the taxi driver from the vehicle. Thankfully, a nearby witness intervened where the man then ran from the scene. Now, a 32-year-old was arrested in Railway Street at Petersham last night at around 6.30. He was taken to Newtown Police Station, charged with robbery, armed with an offensive weapon and demand property by force. Uh, the Paddington man was bail-refused and he will front Newtown local court today. Good news there. 13, 12, 69 to have you say. Uh, meanwhile, four people have been charged over an alleged large-scale supply of ice and a clandestine laboratory has been uncovered at Wetherill Park in Sydney's western suburbs. Uh, now, this uh, investigation began all the way back in November last year, and following inquiries, officers yesterday arrested three men and a woman during an operation. Well done to them. Great job. 
Uh, we've got a 51-year-old man from Mount Pritchard, a 51-year-old from Cabramatta West, a 54-year-old Yaguna woman and a 61-year-old Cabramatta man, all now before our courts. A number of chemicals, including iodine, ephedrine, and other solvents, as well as items consistent with the manufacture and supply of prohibited drugs, were seized during all of these raids, where $45,500 cash was also found, along with a stack of methamphetamine, or ice, if you like. So there we go. That was after raids at four properties in Cabramatta West, Cabramatta, Mount Pritchard and Yaguna. Wasn't uh, the mayor of the mid-coast, David West, brilliant? He's always good, uh, David, when you talk to him on the radio. He, he really explains uh, how his, his constituents are feeling. He really does. Uh, and he, you know, basically said that his wife rang him yesterday in tears because of the huge deluge he described to us, a number of cattle that have been lost on the mid-coast. Anyway, we'll hear a little bit more, maybe from David later this morning. We're still waiting on the Minister for Western Sydney. I understand Stuart Ayres has gone into a meeting. Uh, no doubt uh, he'll be a busy man today, of course, keeping an eye on his backyard of Penrith and around the Nepean River there. Uh, with flooding still expected to peak, and of course further uh, northwest up into the Hawkesbury catchment as well, and we're also going to catch up with the federal minister for disaster recovery, David Littleproud. Uh, David on the program very soon. Thirteen twelve sixty nine the telephone number. Well, what can I tell you? Well, this morning uh, we've spoken to the weather bureau, we've spoken to the SES, we've spoken to mayors up and down the mid north coast. After nine o'clock this morning. Uh, we'll have a little further look at what's happening up on uh, in southeast Queensland when we do the national program, the Laws Show. We'll find out what's happening around the Gold Coast for you. Uh, but it's fair to say that residents are on high alert as severe weather hits parts of that state. David Littleproud now will join us at 9.30 this morning. There have been 34 natural disaster zones declared in New South Wales alone. And according to the Weather Bureau, we're not out of the woods yet. Up to 100 millimetres more rain expected today. Uh, that's for the mid-coast or mid-north coast. And for Sydney, a further 100 millimetres expected there as well. The SES last night responded to just uh, or just under 2,500 calls for help. So far, since the whole flood event began, uh, these angels in orange have attended to some 8,500 requests. And it was great to get the SES on this morning. Uh, they do a wonderful job. If you come across them at all in any of your travels, please thank them. Uh, they do a great job. Most of them, if not all of them, are volunteers. Uh, flood rescues continue and police continue to be frustrated by people running the gauntlet. If it's flooded, forget it. They're talking about increasing fines for people who are caught driving through floodwaters. Evacuation orders remain in place for a number of areas as well. All the latest information is up on our Facebook page. Marcus Paul in the morning. We've got a full list of all of the school closures in New South Wales. They're listed in alphabetical order. So that will provide you with some information there. Uh, of course, there will be some delays today on public transport in New South Wales. Uh, the tip is to leave early. If you do have to, if you can work from home, 
that's the suggestion, particularly those that are around the flood zones of the west and northwest of Sydney. Uh, but other than that, uh, just take a little extra time because with all the rain falling, there will be further delays. Marcus Paul in the morning, where it's 18 minutes away from 8. 2SM has Sydney talking. Oh my goodness, John Laws, where the survivors? 2SM has Sydney talking. Marcus Paul in the morning. The terrible storms and floods that have been ravaging New South Wales these past few days are taking a heavy toll. This is not the first time that New South Wales has faced such terrible storms and, and flood events, but it is certainly very concerning for all of us. And our thoughts are with all of those going through these very difficult times at this moment. Yeah, the federal government, by the way, have offered a uh, a package of sorts. We'll go through some details on that a little later when we get David Littleproud on the program. Uh, he's the federal minister in uh, well in charge of responding to emergencies. Uh, meanwhile, for my listeners uh, in Orange and in southwest uh, New South Wales. Police are continuing their inquiries today into the death of a young boy after a quad bike that he was riding flipped on a property in southwest New South Wales over the weekend. Emergency services were called to Railway Street at West Wyalong at around 6 o'clock on Saturday night. Following reports, a boy was injured in a crash. Now, witnesses told police the all-terrain vehicle was being driven on a private property by a 15-year-old when it lost control and flipped, trapping the 12-year-old passenger underneath. He was freed, but unfortunately later died at hospital. So investigations continue into that. All right, 13 minutes away from eight now in some other news. This morning, at least six coalition MPs are expected to cross the floor today to vote with the opposition, calling for the federal government to establish a royal commission into veteran suicides. Now, as you know, on Friday, if you heard the program, I spoke to a very emotional Jackie Lambie. Uh, All of the senators in Australia, including those on the government side, all of them, voted for a Royal Commission into this issue. In a significant sign for veteran advocates who supported the motion, it's underscored Prime Minister Scott Morrison is keen to find a way forward and is not opposed to establishing a Royal Commission. After struggling to get Senate support for an independent commissioner to investigate veteran suicides, it's now believed that a Royal Commission could sit alongside that permanent role. Now, the motion that will be voted on in the lower house today was passed through the Senate on Thursday, urging, as I mentioned, a royal commission into the rate of suicide among current and former serving Australian Defence Force personnel. It was backed, as I say, by everybody, by Labor, the Greens, One Nation. I mean, One Nation backflipped on their original stance. And also, of course, the independent Jackie Lambie and the other independent Rex Patrick. So they're all into it. So that's good. The Prime Minister has been speaking directly with his veteran colleagues about the issue, though one source has told the Daily Telegraph there was initially some attempt to convince MPs not to cross the floor, as the National Commissioner was the preferred option. After Craig Kelly quit the Liberal Party back in February to sit as an independent, the government only holds 75 seats now in the 151-seat lower house, 
with Speaker Tony Smith acting as a tiebreaker. Now, Mr Kelly supports the push for a Royal Commission, as does Independent MP Bob Catter. Look, I have to say, I think it's a done deal. Okay, it's 10 to 8. Marcus Paul in the morning, 13, 12, 69. Our emails, MP in the morning at 2smsupernetwork.com. As I mentioned, some 34 natural disaster zones have been established in New South Wales, the mid north coast, Sydney's west and northwest. The SES have been kept busy with some 8,500 requests for help, and those requests keep mounting up. I mean, they've, they've had plenty since last Thursday. Uh, There is some support from both the federal and state governments. The Federal Minister for Disaster Recovery is David Littleproud, and he joins us on the program. Good morning, David. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Now, obviously, Australia, we know it's a a land of droughts and, at this point in time, flooding rains, David. Uh, We've had them before, but in Western Sydney and in some areas, it's the worst in 50 years, they tell us. Yeah, and look, this could get a lot worse today. Uh, and in fact, the Bureau is telling me that there's probably no let up in terms of rain until probably tomorrow, late tomorrow. So it's important we appreciate the scale and gravity of this situation and how serious this actually is. This is a matter of life and death in many cases. Uh, we are going to see more rain today and significantly when we've got catchments that are already saturated, uh, we're going to see water move quickly. Uh, and if it, if it falls heavily in the wrong parts, then we've potentially got some real issues. And that goes from not just southeast Queensland right through uh, the east coast of New South Wales. And, and you put it into perspective, if you look at the Hawkesbury in the PN system, uh, effectively there's around 2,800 people that have been evacuated so far. But if we get the wrong weather in the wrong place, potentially we could see over 54,000 residents impacted by this. Uh, and this just shows the scale of the issue that we are planning for. We're working with the state government, the New South Wales state government, to make sure every contingency is looked at. But it is a serious situation and we hope that you know the rain falls in different parts, but we have to be potentially ready for the worst. Absolutely. Now, is it possible at some point that the, uh, I guess, the, the reserves or, if you like, the Australian Defence Force may be called to help with this, David? Is that something you've uh, perhaps planned for? Yeah, look, David Elliott and I are talking daily uh, and they're just trying to get through the immediate emergency and that means that they need a specific skill sets that have come from other states, from Queensland and South Australia, which we should be damn proud of the fact that every Australian's prepared to chip in, even though it might be in New South Wales or any other state. So uh, they're working constructively with that. But then we're working with David Elliott to make sure that the, the recovery after and the support from the Australian Defence Force, if it's required, it will be there. They are ready to move, and they have been ready to move on New South Wales' request since the start of this system. So we're working closely. I've got Emergency Management Australia personnel uh, ensconced in in the uh, crisis centre in New South Wales, as well as ADF personnel are in those centres, so that it is fully coordinated, and as soon as a request is required, uh, that it happens. You've got to understand we don't rush them in, because sometimes we can send them in, in, and they're, they're in the road. So uh, we're working through uh, the support New South Wales needs, but David Elliott is obviously uh, working through this with Shane Fitzsimmons as Resilience uh, New South Wales Commissioner. All right, and just briefly, I know you're, you're pressed for time. Uh, residents who have suffered home damage or serious injuries in these floods sweeping across New South Wales are being granted immediate access to disaster relief payments. Uh, the Prime Minister flagged those yesterday. 
Yeah, so this is just our initial piece of support. We'll make further support once we can assess the damage. But it's $1,000 per adult and $400 per child. And also for those whose income has been um, lost because of the floods and current work, uh, particularly those who might be casuals, you can get up to 13 weeks income support to the level of Ausstudy or Abstudy. And all you have to do is contact uh, Centrelink this morning. uh, The officers are ready from 8am to take your call. And we just say to people, please don't self-assess. Uh, this is there to support you in your hour of need. Uh, we, uh, the, uh, your fellow Australian wants us to make sure you're okay. Don't feel obliged not to do it. You, you are uh, more than entitled to put your hand up and to get some Absolutely. dignity and respect in your trying time. David, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. Stay safe. All right, David Little, proud Minister for Emergency Management, uh, the Federal Minister in charge, and just repeating residents who have suffered home damage or serious injuries in devastating floods sweeping across the state are being granted immediate access to disaster relief payments. The Prime Minister yesterday announced the activation of the Australian Government Disaster Recovery Payment and Disaster Recovery Allowance for 18 New South Wales local government areas. That may change and increase as the day goes by. Now, under these grants, eligible residents caught up in the storms and floods can apply for a one-off payment of $1,000 for adults and $400 for children. Those who have lost their livelihoods can also now get a short-term income payment through the DRA for up to 13 weeks, as the Minister mentioned. Now, David Littleproud, who we just had on, said the disaster package will help those who have suffered significant loss. All righty, 13 12 69, the telephone number, if you would like to have you say. By the way, where are these areas that are eligible immediately for these uh, federal disaster packages? Well, Armidale, Bellingen, the Central Coast, Cessnock, Clarence Valley, Coffs Harbour, Dungog, the Hawkesbury, Kempsey, Lake Macquarie, Maitland City, Midcoast, Nambucca Valley, Newcastle City, Port Macquarie Hastings, Penrith, Port Stephens and Tenterfield. Now, of course, more LGA, more local government areas will be added to the list in consultation with the New South Wales government, while mutual obligation requirements for job seekers in the 18 regions, they've been lifted, okay, until at least April the 6th. Okay, so you won't be chased down by the government if you can't attend any, you know, you're on uh, the New Start Allowance or Job Seeker Allowance. You won't be chased down if you can't attend any job interviews for obvious reasons over the coming weeks until April the 6th. Uh, the PM has been in contact with Premier Gladys Berejiklian to offer the support of the Australian Defence Force. And I flagged that with the Minister a moment or so ago, but of course... Um, Essentially, uh, Mr Littleproud did say that the Defence Force won't be brought in unless absolutely required to by the New South Wales Minister in Charge, and that is David Elliott. David will join us on the program at some point in the next hour. We're off to the news in just a couple of moments. 13 12 69 is my telephone number if you would like to have you say. Uh, emails 
MP in the morning at 2smsupernetwork.com. We'll keep updating you on the latest information as it comes to hand on our flood special this morning. Uh, all the best to everybody up on the mid-north coast, out there in Penrith and the western suburbs of Sydney today. 2SM Sydney traffic. Very wet, slippery conditions this morning. Heavy downpour, certain parts of Sydney. Slow down, take it easy. A crane break down Lane Cove, North Lane Cove Tunnel, approaching the tunnel exit eastbound lane to Mossman Street Road near Ida Avenue, a couple of down southbound direction in a very awkward spot there this morning. NAB's two-year fixed rate home loan is the lowest advertised fixed rate ever. Search NAB Home Loans for more. T's and C's, fees and charges, eligibility, lending criteria apply Offer may vary or end. That's the latest traffic on 2SM 1260. Arbor Vitae Health Supplements are now available at leading chemists and health food stores nationwide. Ask for Arbor Vitae at your favourite pharmacy. If you're looking to start a business, buying a franchise is an excellent option. And with all group franchises, you'll have ongoing support. The home services industry is experiencing rapid growth as people are too busy to maintain their homes. All group franchises offers a range of home services franchise options, including lawns and gardens, and you'll be trained in every aspect. Visit allgrouppranchises.com.au or call 0429 691 413. That's 0429 691 413. There's a new name in DIY, and this weekend, the coffees are on us. Instead of another ad that'll help another business, here's one that will help yours. We know business is tough right now, which is why this radio station and every other station in the country wants to help you get word out that you're open for business. And with 95% of all Australians tuning in each week, radio's alive with new customers at a time you need them most. For reach that gets results, visit radioalive.com.au. Danny's Seafood Restaurant offers everything you'd expect when dining out. A superb location, outstanding value, excellent service and an extensive menu catering for all tastes. Anytime is a good time for beautiful, fresh seafood. And if you haven't yet tried Danny's famous fish and chips, do it soon. Other popular choices include fresh lobster, oysters and crabs, as well as tender, juicy steaks and pastas. Danny's Seafood Restaurant, boasting spectacular water views over Botany Bay, Anzac Parade, La Perouse. Brett Camoy here for Gallagher Insurance Brokers. In my footy days, I had a massive support team on and off the field. If things didn't go our way, we had each other's backs on the next play. You need that support in business too. With Gallagher Insurance Brokers behind you, your business is always ready for whatever comes. More than 100,000 businesses around Australia trust Gallagher. That's 100,000 small, medium and large businesses facing their future with confidence. Gallagher, the official insurance broker of the NRL. Visit ajg.com.au or head into your local branch. Want more news and genuine talk on the radio? Then stick with us. In 2021, the king of radio, John Laws, will continue to keep the dream alive. 2SM has Sydney talking. All the news and your views. Marcus Paul in the morning. Emergency services remain on standby after flooding on the New South Wales mid-north coast. Peter Denton reports. Residents across the lower mid-north coast are bracing for the latest weather event from the west as river conditions start to ease while widespread flooding remains. 
the Met Bureau indicates river levels are falling after the Gloucester River at Gloucester and the Manning River at Wingham peaked yesterday. Roads in the Manning region remain a flood affected, including the Pacific Highway at Cundletown and the Buckets Way at Cranback. Government and non-government schools across the local region have notified parents that students are not required today. In Taree, Peter Denton for Super Network News. New South Wales will be battered by wild wet weather for a fourth consecutive day. A second weather system will come in from the west, causing heavy rainfall in western New South Wales. Helen Reid from the Bureau of Meteorology has told Marcus Paul people on the mid-north coast can also expect more rainfall. Mid-north coast has got numerous rivers in flood. Do keep a check on the latest information from the Bureau of Meteorology. There are um, expected to have more rainfall today, even up to about 100 millimetres is quite likely for a few places as well, even more than that in others. So it's just going to enhance what flooding is already there, is going to be maintained as that rain continues today and tomorrow. Nearly 200 schools across New South Wales will remain closed today as a result of the wild weather. Education Minister Sarah Mitchell says they take in a large part of the state. That spans from the north coast down into the Hunter uh, and also parts of Western Sydney. So we're just asking parents to keep an eye on the Department of Education website where we will list all school closures and also to download our school updates app so they can get real-time information about any impact that these storms might be having on their child's school. Meantime, Joshua McLaren from the SES says they've helped in hundreds of flood rescues. But we're starting to see a bit of an easing trend there. And and in the early hours of this morning, um, we saw that weather system actually move uh, further south uh, and sit over the Horsham Nepean Valley. And that's probably where we've seen uh, most of the action and where most of the New South Wales State Emergency Services focus has been this morning, um, really around the Horsham Nepean River, around the low-lying areas. Um, Especially we've been looking at Windsor, uh, Penrith and Richmond. The New South Wales government is spending $8 million to upgrade women's refuges. Eligible services will be able to apply for a grant worth at least $25,000 to expand accommodation and improve facilities. Minister for the Prevention of Domestic Violence Mark Speakman says there has been an increase in demand for services during the pandemic. Victims are often presenting with more complex needs. It's crucial that frontline services have the capacity to respond to these challenges now and in the future, including access to suitable spaces and facilities. These grants are going to help support these incredible services and workers that provide such critical care for women and children who are fleeing abuse. Updating sport, the Canberra Raiders are breathing a sigh of relief. Cronulla Sharks star Chad Townsend missed three kicks, leaving the door open for the Raiders. The Green Machine beat the Sharks 12-10 in wet conditions at Nostrata Jubilee Stadium to jump to third on the table. It wasn't a close contest in yesterday's other clash, where the Sydney Roosters crushed the West Tigers 46 in Campbelltown. The 2021 AFL Premiership season has kicked off with a bang. Port Adelaide is sitting at the top of the table after round one. The power kicked 17 goals to defeat the North Melbourne Kangaroos, 117-65. Rugby union flyer Aidan Toa has caught time on his career. The former Queensland Reds and ACT Brumbies player is hanging up his boots aged 31. And the Sydney Kings have defeated the Cairns Taipan 75-73 in the NBL. Meanwhile, Melbourne United beat the Illawarra Hawks 75-65 in their match.
In finance, oil is worth 61 US dollars a barrel. Gold is trading at 1,745 US dollars an ounce, and one Australian dollar is buying 77.10 US cents. This is Super Network News. Sydney weather. Cloudy with rain, possibly heavy at times, and easterly winds. A weather warning for large and powerful surf conditions is current. We're heading for top temperatures of 20 degrees in the city, 20 in the west. Looking further ahead, rain on Tuesday, sunny on Wednesday, partly cloudy on Thursday. At the moment in the city, it's 20, Bankstown 18, Richmond 18. That's the latest 2SM News. I'm Casey Shields. Now back to Marcus Paul in the morning on 2SM. Marcus Paul in the morning. The Bureau is very concerned about the flooding in the Hawkesbury Nepean Valley. We are expecting river levels at Penrith to be levels near the 1961 flood. Just to give you some context, it is bigger than the 1990 flood and is bigger than the 1964 flood. All right, welcome back to our very special edition of Marcus Paul in the morning. We are, of course, keeping you updated on the latest of the flood emergency in New South Wales. Let's turn our attention now to Western Sydney and the Minister for Western Sydney is Stuart Ayres. Good morning, Stuart. Good morning, Marcus. Breaks my heart uh, what's happening out there right at my old stomping ground out in Penrith on the, the Hawkesbury River, Nepean River. Uh, we've got a 1,000 people already evacuated from Jamison Town uh, through to Mulgoa. Uh, They've been forced to pack up and leave. Uh, And we could have further people evacuated today, maybe 4,000 plus. It's a worry, Stuart. Well, there's no doubt that we're experiencing one of the most significant floods we've seen in a generation. Um, This is something that we know this valley is capable of delivering. Um, Across the Hawkesbury, we see uh, major flood warnings. We had a major flood uh, warning across Nepean yesterday. We've seen a little bit of respite overnight with the River, the Nepean River peaking at around 10 metres. It's now dropped um, to the most recent update at just over eight. But that has led to evacuations in places like Jamison Town, uh, the western edge of Penrith near the river, as well as places like Regentville, yeah. uh, which I think the SES is calling North Mulgoa. Uh, so we have seen those evacuations take place. Obviously, the low-lying areas in and around the Hawkesbury are going to be impacted quite significantly where water spreads over much further locations here in Penrith. The, the high banks in the Pean River do protect a large part of Penrith. So That's we've, right. we've seen that the moderate flood here has only impacted those low-lying areas. So Penrith CBD currently doesn't suffer from any uh, inundation. But the crucial thing for all of your listeners... Marcus, is that it's not over yet. Just because we've seen a a, a drop in the river level overnight Mm. um, doesn't mean that as that water that keeps going to flow into the water catchment behind the dam, this rain, literally rain bomb that is sitting across Sydney and Western Sydney and our our drinking water catchment is going to keep pushing water into the dam. And with the dam full, that water is going to keep um, spilling out of the dam and pushing down our river system. And that will continue to impact low-lying areas through Penrith um, and Hawkesbury, places like Richmond and Windsor and McGrath Hill, Wilberforce, Pitttown for many, many days yet. Well, that's right. That's why we need to be extra careful because we know we're, you know, unfortunately having to release more and more water out of Warragamba Dam. We've got another, according to the Weather Bureau, at least another 100 millimetres over the next 24 hours, and that, of course, will 
uh, only further swell uh, the Nepean and then the Hawkesbury as we go down to the Windsor Bridge it's overflown and of course uh, we do have some some evacuations in areas around there what would be your suggestion to people uh, in areas around Swollen Creek, South Creek, uh, for instance, around the St Mary's area, all the way through to Penrith and down to, to Marsden Park, across Shane's Park. I mean, yesterday, some of the photographs and the, the vision of these poor people uh, with their homes inundated around Shane's Park, I mean, that was awful, Stuart. So the most important thing, Marcus, is that people are staying very close to the notifications that are coming out from the SES and the Bureau of Meteorology. Um, they are giving advance warning on sites that they think will need to be evacuated. They're asking people to prepare for evacuation. So make sure that you do some basic things. Make sure you've got your bag packed. Make sure that you've got um, clothing that you can take with you. Make sure you've got your identification documents. You've got your insurance policy with you as well. So if you do have to evacuate, you're prepared for that evacuation. Um, make sure you understand where you're going to travel to. So um, get on uh, live traffic to check out where the local road closures are. Make sure you know where you're going to drive to um, and you're driving on roads that aren't cut. So being prepared is absolutely critical here. The phrase we often use is get ready. Um, if, you're, if you're not ready now, you need to be getting ready immediately to evacuate locations if instructed to by the SES. All right. Um, and then, yep. And speaking of the SES, haven't they done a magnificent job? They really have. The Angels in Orange have been busy from you know from all the way at Mulgoa there, uh, all the way up to the mid north coast of New South Wales. No doubt, Marcus. These these guys are absolute legends. I saw a number of the SES operators and, and volunteers um, across Penrith yesterday. Um, I dropped into their operations centre uh, in, in Penrith to have a good chat to them. We've got. Uh, Volunteers from across the community doing sandbagging here uh, in Penrith. I know that's happening in places along the mid-north coast yeah. and up in the Hawkesbury. Um, so this has been a real team effort, a real community effort, but led by those uh, amazing volunteers um, in the SES. And I just plead to people listening to the show, Marcus, to um, let let everyone know that it's not safe to enter flood water. Absolutely. We do not want to put these volunteers at risk. They are They are highly skilled but they don't want their skills put to the test. So just don't go into flood water. Don't drive your car through uh, low-lying water on the road. Um, follow their instructions. They're there to help you. Uh, but really, we want to avoid those high-risk swift water situations. I know you're busy, Stuart. Thank you for taking the time to speak to my listeners this morning. All the very best. Please pass on our best wishes to everybody out there uh, around the Nepean region, particularly in Penrith, your old uh, stomping ground, my old stomping ground. My thoughts are with those who are battling these floodwaters. Let's hope we don't get as much rain uh, that is forecast today, and we'll chat with you again very soon, I'm sure, mate. Thank you. No, thanks very much, Marcus. There's a few more days to go yet. Mm. Uh, Even after the rain, the floodwaters keep coming, so... Uh, There's a little bit of work to do between now and the end of the week, I suspect. Very true, mate. Thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Stuart Ayres, Minister for Western Sydney. Stuart out there at Penrith. Now, let's go from Penrith down to Windsor. So we head a little northwest. The Windsor Bridge... Brand new bridge, hasn't been open for too long. They rebuilt a bridge out there because they were concerned about floods. Well, this one in a 50-year event for Western Sydney has seen, well, that bridge inoperable as well, obviously due to floodwaters. Gavin Robinson from Talking Sport here on the Super Radio Network is there. Morning, Gav. Good morning, Marcus. How are you? 
Well, I'm okay. How are you and how are things out there in, in beautiful, historic Windsor or Macquarie town that's seen floods before, but nothing like this for the, the last 50 years, they tell us? No, well, you go back a year ago, roughly, and um, look, it, it was up, but we're talking it was only up to the old bridge and the new bridge was waiting to be opened. And currently, uh, as I, you know, I'm literally 50 metres away from the bridge and we're talking about... That the, the water in the middle on the western side of the bridge is actually completely over the walkway and the yeah. highest rail. Mm. But the when you look at Freeman's Reach, which is the next suburb, both that and Wilberforce is pretty much under. Uh, Wilberforce, the high parts would be surviving at the moment, but when you look at the flat parts, which is all of the lawn areas and where they, they do all the lawn uh, growth, uh, right up to the mountains um, where it starts to rise, which is about five to six k's away. That's completely under. So I've I've never seen it like this. And as you say, one in fifty. But um, and and the, the point is, can I see it going down? And we're looking at a speed of tide at the moment that is just flying. And I figure around one thirty two o'clock the tide will turn. So that could be very interesting. Well, they're saying that uh, it could reach the river could reach around fifteen metres uh, as early as this morning. Yeah, well, 15 metres is is a, a primary primary worry. I mean, we're talking about at the moment. I think it's um, it's close to 12. But um, all, all people who are on the river with caravans, etc., they are pretty much on their way to sort of they are a they can't get in. B they don't know what's going to happen to the caravan, let alone the boat, etc. So the and plus yeah. the, the amount of houses that are through the Hawkesbury River system right down to Spencer and through to Brooklyn. We're talking pretty big numbers, so there's a, a fair amount of people with some serious stress going on at the moment. I think so. So what can you see, apart from uh, a raging river, a very angry river, uh, overlapping the new Windsor Bridge? Uh, in the distance, are there still homes that are inundated on the western side there? I mean, I know you can't get across for obvious reasons, but, I mean, mm-hmm. yesterday people were rescued from, uh, from these homes. Yeah, well, if anyone knows the old roundabout that used to be opposite, that is actually the um, well, the old house there. I think you know it's 150 oh, years yes. old. Oh yes, yeah. And that is pretty much, <coughs> excuse me, but that is halfway under. Oh, and if you look at the lawn offices of the the companies that are over there, they are halfway under too. So, uh, put it this way. You can only see the top windows. And even the actual businesses, the government um, ATCO buildings that went yeah. in to create the building are now pretty much under. So that's what we're talking. And um, I are, mean... What are locals saying to you, mate? No, have you had a chat to anybody out there in uh, in Windsor this morning? What are they saying? What's the feeling like? I suppose the primary sentence is, well, wasn't this bridge built because <laughs> it would be able to handle, you know, any type of flood, and we're talking, what, one in 50 or one in 100. But, look, I mean, that I think that was a guess. And as I said to a couple of people, if you look at the dynamics of, uh, from a mathematical point of view, the other side, it is on the western side of the river, that it is actually at the highest point. So they actually couldn't have gone any higher because no. they just would have had to have gone down anyway. So literally the highest point over there it was built to, and for the, the road from there to Wilberforce or to Freeman's Reach is out. So there's actually no financial use in building it any higher because then you would have to build a further road that would take you right west to the you know the, the mountains and then right to the highest point of Wilberforce, which is another four kilometres, which is the cost would have been 
ridiculous. So I understand theoretically they've got the bridge as high as they possibly can. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it wouldn't matter. Somebody told me yesterday, last night, um, it wouldn't matter whether you put the Sydney Harbour Bridge there. There's so much water being released from Warragamba Dam, speaking of Sydney Harbour. I mean, <laughs> the equivalent of so many each day. So, look, at the end of the day, um, we've done the best we can. Uh, if there's any politics to go through, um, that can happen later, I think. Yeah. For now, it's all about ensuring that people are safe, uh, that we're caring for and ensuring that people who have, uh, you know, lost property and all the rest of it are looked after. I mean, I'm hearing some horrific stories this morning of, of lost stock and lost animals and all the rest of it, just awful yeah. stuff, you know. Well, we've, uh, I was just talking to um, one of the people up here. He was talking about a gentleman who, who's got a, a closure on his front yard and has actually has rallied uh, cows into that front yard. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing everything they can. I mean, we're, even on, we spoke to uh, one of the mayors from the mid-north coast. I mean, at Old Bar, they've been rescuing cattle in the surf, for goodness sake. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the primary questions uh, from people at the moment is that, um, and, and the biggest question that always comes in this time is the understanding of, okay, the forecast of what you see with regard to the weather and the possible flooding, and then what about the forecasting of releasing Warragamba Dam, you know, two days earlier, four days earlier, six days earlier. So you, set, you get rid of a certain amount of water and give yourself some time for it to, yes, it's going to build up, but, at, you know, you, you understand the dynamics, and that's what people don't understand. I think that if the government explain the dynamics of Warragamba and when to let it go and how they attack that problem, that would let them understand how it ends up like this in the lower part, be it Penrith, Nepean, Hawkesbury, Spencer, Colo, etc. Yep, that's it, mate. As I say, I mean, I know there's been some discussion around Melinda Pavey and all the rest of it. I'm not really interested in that today. Uh, There'll come a time uh, for any discussions on how perhaps or whether lessons can be learnt. Yeah, uh, down the track, mate. Uh, today is about ensuring everybody's okay, and hopefully uh, there won't be any further damage. But I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Another hundred odd millimeters expected to fall, and when that fills the Warragamba catchment, there'll be more water flowing into obviously the Nepean and Hawkesbury River, which will affect areas like where you are, mate. I must, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're right, and I must admit, uh, as um, you know, seven o'clock uh, happened, and people start to wake up and and listen to the news, um, they are starting to roll into Windsor, which uh, uh, is slowly getting stopped by police, etc., because uh, they're saying, settle down, you know, and, and people home. leave it. You just, yeah, stay home. There's no point. You won't get through anywhere. Uh, Windsor nah. is... Uh, can you get to work, by the way? Well, yeah, I'll... I'll actually, Windsor came up last night on the news, uh, right. obviously, but the next nominated suburb was McGrath's Hill yep. and then Riverston and the concerns around Riverston, I'm in a, a, a reasonably high part of Riverston but the, okay. the question will be both sides and, and mm. if Vineyard and Oakville go under at certain areas that will be an issue at the moment Windsor Road's looking fine but right, uh, we're looking at the prediction of the next 24 and 48 hours We well, you know there are couches here if you can't get home, um, all the rest of it well, we'll get you up nice I'll, and early on the brekkie show as well if you have to sleep here overnight mate yeah, I've slept there before, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, we'll hear you this afternoon talking sport. What about those Raiders, mate? Hey. <laughs> well, they're a lot better than um, the West Tigers and the Giants. I had a, I've had an interesting weekend with my two yeah. teams struggling in the weather. All right, mate. No doubt we'll hear all about it this afternoon from Three Talking Sport. Thanks for your Cheers, time Marcus. and uh, take it easy out there. Stay dry. Cheers, mate. Take care. There he is, our own Gav Robertson, who's out there on the Windsor Bridge for us this morning. Less ads means more of your views. Marcus Paul in the morning. All right, as I mentioned earlier, almost 140 schools have closed. Roads and bridges have been cut off. Now, for all the details on the school closures and road closures, there's probably far too many to mention on air here. Uh, Just go to 2smsupernetwork.com and click on my show page, okay? Marcus Paul in the morning. So go to 2smsupernetwork.com, click on Marcus Paul in the morning. You'll find a full list of all the New South Wales school closures and the latest road closures as well. Look, the COVID-19 vaccine rollout has been delayed in some parts of Sydney and New South Wales, obviously because of this extreme weather, and supplies to supermarkets have also been a little impeded. Uh, Now, that's not an invitation for people to get out there, of course, and and do panic buying. Uh, We want as much stock on the shelves as possible. And now yesterday, Newcastle Airport suspended flights because of flooding on the runway. And there are warnings the airfield could remain closed until at least Wednesday. And that's not good. Yeah, the mid-north coast is affected by a one in a 100-year flooding events. And this morning, we had their Mayor David West on. It is morning. The, the rain is still falling, albeit very lightly. Mm. But we're an 8,000 square kilometre rain catchment area. Hence the reason we've just gone through a one-in-a-hundred-year flood event. It's incredible. I've seen the, the photos from Old Bar, Taree, um, Wingham, Harrington. Uh, it's just not stopped. Marcus, I guess the, the way to demonstrate how serious this is, people would have seen a house floating down the Manning River. Yeah. Now, that house can be replaced, but short distance from where that house was taken, 120 head of cattle were washed away. Another dairy farmer in this area lost 60% of his dairy herd washed into the Manning River. We're we're talking about a massive amount of water over a very large area, travelling at pretty high speed. Water that's travelling fast enough to strip bitumen from roads, rip concrete, cause major landfalls, landslips, all of our schools are closed. It's, it's, uh, we've got to come out of a pandemic, mm. the worst bushfires in the history of the area, major drought in the area, and now we're being hit with this. Yep. So uh, we'll continue our updates for you and keep you, uh, well, hopefully in tune with the latest information. David Elliott, the New South Wales Emergency Minister, uh, will join us on the program when we cover Falorsi. He'll uh, be on in the first half hour of the show. Okay, so David Elliott to come. Marcus Paul in the morning. Yesterday, we were hoping it would only be a one in 20 year event. It looks like it will be a one in 50 year event, and that means potentially uh, another 4,000 people may be asked to evacuate in and around that Hawkesbury region and parts of Western Sydney. So give us a call, 13 12 69, if you would like to have your say. Marcus Paul in the morning, MP in the morning at 2smsupernetwork.com for your emails. I think we might play a little tune. 
Yeah, something a little upbeat on this Monday morning. It's 23 and a half after eight. Check out our podcasts and listen live to smsupernetwork.com. All right. Welcome back, 131269, my telephone number. We'll go to Canberra in just a couple of moments. This morning we heard from David Littleproud in relation to the federal government's stepping up to provide some much-needed relief for those affected by the flooding in New South Wales. Christina, our reporter in Canberra, will have the detail on that. Uh, we'll play back that call that I had with Mr Little Proud as well uh, to our national audience after 9 o'clock this morning on the John Laws Show. Meanwhile, if you want to send me an, a net note, an email, MP in the morning at 2SM, supernetwork.com, Ray, Ray Johnson says, Marcus, g'day. Now, you must be balanced in your comment about the Windsor Bridge replacement and the reason. Well, I think I was, Ray. I, I pretty much said it wouldn't matter whether you had the Sydney Harbour Bridge over that river at the moment around Windsor. It, you know, they'd still be flooding. Um, I thought we were. Anyway, uh, Ray goes on to say, I think you will find the primary reason was because of the width of the old bridge. I didn't know, I never had a problem with the Windsor Bridge being replaced. My concern was uh, whether or not they were going to turn the old bridge into something that could be still used by the public. In other words, because of its historical significance. But anyway, uh, whilst the flooding for all affected is extremely disrupting, says Ray, I have family and friends who are affected collisions on the old bridge were of concern regards Ray Johnson. Well you're right Ray, Uh, obviously the old Windsor Bridge was always going to need an upgrade there's no doubt about that and again it wouldn't matter whether we had the Sydney Harbour Bridge I don't know, or the the Golden Gate Bridge over there today, uh, it would still be affected by this one in a 50 year events Paul in the morning. Yesterday we were hoping it would only be a 1 in 20 year event. It looks like it will be a 1 in 50 year event and that means potentially uh, another 4,000 people may be asked to evacuate in and around that Hawkesbury region and parts of Western Sydney. Yeah, unfortunately we're not out of the woods yet. The Hawkesbury and the Nepean rivers are yet to peak and we're expecting up around 100 millimetres of more Rain, if we haven't had enough already. Yeah, an extra 100 odd millimetres expected today and, and more into tomorrow. So uh, perhaps, well, I don't want to say the worst is yet to come, uh, but we're not out of the woods yet. 131269 is the telephone number to have you say. Let's cheer up now. Dave, good morning, mate. Did you hear about the new restaurant called Karma? The new restaurant called Karma. Tell me about it, Dave. There's no menu. You get what you deserve. Ah, very good. All right, quick break and we're off to Canberra in just a couple of moments. Something else we might touch on with uh, Christina in the capital is Jackie Lambie and her push for a Royal Commission into Veteran Suicide. That should be announced today. In fact, I'm pretty certain it will be. It has all of the support of every senator in the country. Uh, no matter whether they're liberal, liberal or otherwise, even the crossbenchers, One Nation and others, have changed their mind on this. Thanks, I would say, in part to the very good work and, 
well, the quiet at quiet times emotional work done by Jackie Lambie. Her and her entire staff have been at the forefront of dealing with this issue. The Department of Veterans Affairs does need a bit of a shake-up. Look, it's just not working because, unfortunately, too many of our ex-servicemen are taking their lives. So let's hope that a commission is called and we can get to the bottom of it and stop these, these people who have laid their lives on the line for us in theatres overseas and survived only to come back home feeling that there's nothing here for them and they're not being supported here and they're, well, undertaking the ultimate act. It's not right and too many of them are going. We need to do something about it. 17 to 9, Marcus Paul in the morning. 2SM Sydney Traffic. Mulgrave Windsor Road, Groves Avenue, South Traffic Lights, Black Dead due to power failure. Fallen Tree, Lane Cove, Centennial Avenue, near Finlayson Street, affecting westbound traffic. Lane 1, Ingleside, Bonavar Road, Powderworks Road, traffic lights flashing yellow. Very wet, slippery conditions. Slow down, take it easy. Ultra Tune has been voted number one three out of four years for value for money and customer service by Canstar. Getting a five-star rating, search Ultra Tune to find a service centre near you. It's the latest traffic on 2SM 1269. Weekday afternoons with Brent Bolton. Kate McClymouth. Hello, Kate. Hello, Brent. The two properties that Melissa Caddick owns should be sold immediately, mainly because the mortgage payments on both of them um, are $400,000 a year. And the victims are saying, well, why should should we be paying the mortgages on these properties when the properties themselves, they allege, were bought out of their money? Brent's Voltitude. When it comes to investments... There's one asset class that stands out from all the rest, Argyle Pink Diamonds. Over the past 20 years, these beyond rare pink diamonds have consistently outperformed all major equity markets, and with the recent closure of the Argyle mine, now is your last opportunity to invest in a legacy that has spanned 37 years. For more information, go to argyldiamondinvestments.com.au. Get half price. Off the Ausclean range, now at Woolworths. The Ausclean range of cleaning products is free from hazards often found in other common household cleaning products. Ausclean's range covers the entire house, including kitchen, bathroom, laundry and living room, even carpets. Ausclean cleaning products actually work. They're eco-friendly and 100% Australian-made and owned. Get half price off the Ausclean range... Now at Woolworths. When it comes to the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, Stiff, Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel may assist you. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff, Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff, Sore and Sorry stockers, go to loveallcollection.com.au or phone Ray 0406 Your local bowls club is seeking competitive teams. You'll need your natural, whose sporting prowess is unmatched. Your technician to roll you in and out of the tightest spots. Your thinker to lead your game plan. Your enforcer to strike when needed. And Steve, uh, he can get the drinks. Local legends wanted. Search Bowls Club near me to join a team or start 2SM. 
Australia's king of talkback radio, John Laws, 9am weekdays. Now on Marcus Paul in the morning. I have always believed in miracles. The latest from the capital with Christina Rosengren. Good morning, Christina. How are you? Good, thank you, Marcus. How are you? Yeah, a little wet, but uh, you know, nowhere near as bad as as people have been copying it in Sydney's west, southwest, and of course on the the mid north coast, uh, northwest, I should say, not just southwest, but. There is uh, plenty of areas that are going to be calling for government assistance. Uh, and uh, we had the uh, the minister on earlier on the program, Mr Littleproud, David Littleproud. He made the announcement. But can you just tell us some more details about the Australian government disaster recovery payment and disaster recovery allowance? Yes, that's, that's correct. So this was uh, the assistance, of course, that was announced last night. It means that there are now... 18 additional local government areas across New South Wales which are eligible for those uh, two uh, programs, as you mentioned, the disaster recovery payments and also the disaster recovery allowance. Uh, So there are now 34 areas included in the scheme in total and it means that those who have had their homes badly damaged or destroyed or or suffered an injury or lost a a family member as a result of these floods will have access uh, to new payments. So it's a $1,000 payment for adults and a $400 payment for children and in addition, there is income support as well. So those eligible for the allowance can access uh, assistance for up to 13 weeks, which is equivalent to the job seeker payment or the youth allowance. Uh, the PM did post on social media, I believe it was yesterday, in, a, in that social media video, he said the best way to claim those payments is to uh, call Services Australia on yeah. 180 2266. And that phone line is now open, so recipients can claim today. Uh, on a separate, member, separate matter, I'll also quickly mention that the mutual obligation requirements for job seekers will be lifted for those living in the named local government areas. Uh, so no job seeker will have their payments suspended or face any penalties, and that suspension will last until uh, April 6th, I believe. Yeah, and the right. Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, he did do a radio interview this morning. He said that uh, defence isn't, uh, hasn't yet been called in. There have been no requests for the ADF. Uh, but he does expect for them to be called in for the clean-up. So he says that there are helicopters on standby along with other resources to support with a search and rescue and so on. Uh, but he says that New South Wales also has capabilities in place to respond, which is what it's doing, but that the federal government uh, is also prepared to respond if need be. Just on another issue very quickly before I let you go, Christina. Um, today, um, as you know, Jackie Lambie was on the program last Friday. Uh, today, the government will have a very important decision to make, and that is whether or not it goes ahead with the Royal Commission into Veterans Suicides. Can you see that happening? Yes, I believe that will happen today. So, um, you know, as we've, uh, I'm sure you spoke about with Jackie Lambie and, and we've spoken about before, uh, the Prime Minister has uh, previously not been willing to go down that route of, of calling a Royal Commission to Veterans Suicide. And his government's instead been pursuing a national commission model for veteran suicide prevention. And uh, Dr. Bernadette Boss was the uh, the person appointed as the interim commissioner for that model. Uh, but the government's not been able to legislate her powers yet uh, because the legislation is stalling in the Senate uh, because crossbenchers uh, essentially don't want this and they want a royal commission. And, mm. um, and independent Jackie Lambie has been very, very vocal oh, about yeah. this. She's been the one sort of spearheading this, this uh, issue. Uh, so last week, the Senate passed a unanimous motion calling for a royal commission. So that was also supported by coalition senators. And a, a vote on that legislation is expected in the House of Reps today, uh, a bit after midday. Okay. And uh, around half a do- dozen coalition MPs have told the Prime Minister that they will cross the floor to vote for this. 
and uh, that this is something they support. And the government has a two, only a two-seat majority in the House, so it wouldn't take much to get it over the line. Yeah. Uh, so Mr Morrison has uh, said this morning uh, that he uh, he won't stand in the way of this, so even though it's not his preferred option for dealing this with with this issue, he's not going to block this vote. So um, there are expectations a Royal Commission could be called today. All right. Thank you, Christina. Appreciate it. We look forward to hearing more of your reports today on the Super Radio Network. Thank you. Thank you. Christina in the capital. It's now 10 to 9. 2SM Sydney Traffic. Lane Coast, Centennial Avenue, Finless and Street, Fulton Tree, Westbound Lane 1, Preston's Benira Road, Yawara Street Roundabout. We've got an accident while we get truck in a northbound direction and very heavy traffic. Ingleside Motorvale Road, New Powder Works Road with a car broker down southbound Lane 2. At Sydney Catholic Schools, every child is supported to be their best. This week, they're celebrating all 150 schools. Find your nearest Sydney Catholic School online and grow with them. That's the latest traffic with Marcus Paul in the morning on 2SM 1269. When it comes to investments... There's one asset class that stands out from all the rest, Argyle Pink Diamonds. Over the past 20 years, these beyond rare pink diamonds have consistently outperformed all major equity markets, and with the recent closure of the Argyle mine, now is your last opportunity to invest in a legacy that has spanned 37 years. For more information, go to argyldiamondinvestments.com.au. Okay, purse, check. Mobile, check. Shopping list, check. Son playing in the driveway. Didn't check. Tragically, each year children are being killed or injured in low-speed runovers, often in driveways at home. So, actively supervise children around vehicles, separate play areas from driveways and garages, and C, always make sure you check around the vehicle before you get in and drive. See gjfoundation.com.au for more information, acknowledgements to Safe Kids New Zealand and Transport for New South Wales. Brett Kamoy here for Gallagher Insurance Brokers. More than 100,000 businesses around Australia trust Gallagher. That's 100,000 small, medium and large businesses facing their future with confidence. With Gallagher on your side, you'll be ready to tackle any challenge while covering gaps in your field and protecting your day-to-day. Gallagher, the official insurance broker of the NRL. Visit ajg.com.au or head into your local branch. The way Australian businesses access business NBN fibre has changed for good with our fastest ever wholesale symmetrical speeds and a wide choice of providers. We're making business fibre more accessible in more locations than ever to improve high-speed connectivity right across Australia. To find out more, search Business NBN Fibre today. Peters of Kensington offers the ultimate shopping experience and you can enjoy the best of both worlds by shopping in-store or online. Select from an abundance of fine quality products including kitchenware, glassware, homeware, dinnerware and amazing gift ideas. If you're looking for a gift with a unique edge, Peters themed hampers are a great idea for birthdays and other special occasions. Peters of Kensington, 57 Anzac Parade, Kensington. Or shop online at petersofkensington.com.au. All the news and your views. Marcus Paul in the morning. Marcus Paul in the morning. The terrible storms and floods that have been ravaging New South Wales these past few days are taking a heavy toll. This is not the first time that New South Wales has faced such terrible storms and, and flood events, but it is certainly very concerning for all of us. 
and our thoughts are with all of those going through these very difficult times at this moment. All right, stick with us. Uh, we'll be back after nine o'clock on the John Laws Morning Show. Uh, we will update you on the latest. We'll play back some of uh, the chats that we've had this morning with David Littleproud, uh, Mayors from the Mid-North Coast, Stuart Ayres also on the program. And we will be joined by Shane Fitzsimmons, Commissioner of Resilience in New South Wales. And the New South Wales Police and Emergency Minister, David Elliott, will join us as well. So we'll keep you updated here on the Super Radio Network and we'll take your calls on 1300 564 or 13 12 69. And if you'd like to send us an email on the Lawsy Show, thefortress at johnlaws.com.au with Marcus Paul in the morning taking us to news now. Huey Lewis. Good morning and welcome to the program. Great to have you company on this wet, soggy, miserable Monday morning. It is the 22nd day of March. And in New South Wales, around Sydney, we're seeing a 1 in 50 year flood event. Whereas on the mid-north coast of the state, we're seeing a 1 in 100 year flood events. We'll have all the details for you. Throughout the course of the program, we'll speak to those who are trying to keep us all safe and secure. But first, I'd like to start this morning with a very big thank you. A thank you to the SES volunteers, the Angels in Orange, who have done a magnificent job in keeping all of us safe. Those in the flood-affected areas, these volunteers are priceless. They really are. So we thank them very much for all of their help. Uh, now, Monday morning, large parts of New South Wales and southeast Queensland have again awoken to another day of extremely heavy, life-threatening rainfall. A severe weather warning has been issued by the Bureau for most of New South Wales as heavy rain continues in the northeast. I mean, have you seen the Gold Coast? Please, if you're there up on the Goldie this morning around the hinterland and areas affected by the heavy rainfall which has led to flash flooding be our eyes and ears give us a call let me know how you you're coping up there i've seen the vision i love that area of the, of the hinterland but it's like a raging torrent some of the vision yesterday was just incredible anyway it's all on its way again down the new south wales coast and essentially we have two weather patterns that are set to collide to form another so-called rain bomb. In New South Wales, in the mid-north coast, another 100 millimetres expected today. And also, in the drenched western suburbs of Sydney, where we've seen the Warragamba Dam spill out just, unfortunately, Sydney Harbour loads worth of water There's more to come there as well, up to an extra 100 millimetres. The State Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, says it's a once-in-50-year flooding event for Western Sydney and a -a once-in-a-century event for the Mid-North Coast, with around 3,000 people evacuated so far and another 54,000 told that they too could be impacted. Residents in Kempsey, 
were awoken just before midnight last night by the SES and told to leave immediately, with the Maclay River expected to burst its banks at any time. Sydney's main catchment, Warragamba Dam, as we know, began to overflow yesterday. It is spilling 450 gigalitres of water a day. Now, to put that back into perspective for you, Sydney Harbour holds around 500 gigalitres. In total, Warragamba Dam can hold 2,000 gigalitres of water. Before this event, it was 75% capacity. As I mentioned on Friday, and that was the concern, ahead of the wet weekend, it was sitting at 96% capacity. And we now know exactly what's happening. It's overflowing. Where does it go? Well, it it goes to the Nepean Valley catchment areas, and it fills all of the creeks... And, of course, the Nepean and Hawkesbury River, which ultimately leads to an overflow and flooding in places like Richmond, Windsor, McGrath's Hill, Riverston and all the areas around there. So we are expecting more to be released from the dam today. So, unfortunately, the residents of Western Sydney, the residents of Richmond, Windsor, Riverston, all those areas are in for more. So low-lying areas of the Hawkesbury Nepean remain in extreme danger. Countless roads are closed. Around 40 schools are closed. Well, in fact, there's, there's so many more. Look for a full readout of the road closures in New South Wales and the school closures... Just go to 2smsupernetwork.com and if you click on our show page, Marcus Paul in the morning, well then that will tell you exactly what schools are closed. So we've got a complete list up there. There's far too many to mention on air, certainly road closures and school closures, but we have the full list for you. Just go to 2smsupernetwork.com and click on my show page. Make sure you stay safe, stay inside if you're not needing to go to work, work from home where possible, listen to emergency warnings, uh, and they guarantee to change and update as the day progresses. We'll keep you updated here on the Super Radio Network, of course. Meanwhile, in Queensland, heavy rain will continue today with the potential for severe thunderstorms. As of 4am this morning, a severe weather warning had been cancelled, but the Weather Bureau says the risk is still not completely gone. As of 10 o'clock last night, Queensland Fire and Emergency Services had received more than 263 requests for help across the state in the previous 24 hours. So this goes without saying, it's serious. Take it seriously. Listen to the emergency warnings if you're at risk or you think you might be. Then you can uh, leave wherever you are. Leave now if you have to. And do whatever you need to to get to safety apart from driving through floodwaters. News this morning that the state government and the police minister have had a gutful. They've had a gutful. And they are about to announce that quite possibly if you do get caught driving through floodwaters, you will be fined. You will be fined. Okay, so in some good news, the Therapeutic Goods Administration has approved local production of the AstraZeneca vaccine. That means it can be manufactured in Melbourne and we no longer need to rely on international sources, which in the case of the European Union have proven problematic. Meanwhile, if you live in Sydney, you'll know the old White Bay power station in Roselle, which is nothing but an eyesore, a heritage-listed eyesore, that is, 
Well, that could finally be about to change with the government planning to transform it into a business, leisure and tourism precinct. And let's hope it happens because there is a huge potential to that site. Just while we're on government buildings and infrastructure, what about the site of the Powerhouse Museum? If it was there over the weekend, it'd be under a few foot of water. If you want to have your say on that, 13, 12, 69, and who knows, maybe there may be a change of heart from the state government in order to where they'll build the new powerhouse museum out in Sydney's western suburbs. It can't be on that floodplain there. Imagine the cost to taxpayers of the cleanup. A major manhunt is underway after two men were shot on the Gold Coast yesterday afternoon. They were found inside a car park at Upper Coomera and are believed to have non-life-threatening injuries. A man will remain behind bars until May after facing court yesterday charged with the murder of a Sydney businesswoman. The body, believed to be that of 49-year-old Min Suk Moon, was found in a park on the weekend two weeks after she went missing and 55-year-old Chu Slu Jung handed himself into police over the weekend over that issue. Meanwhile, New South Wales police have charged four people for the large-scale supply of the drug ice after uncovering a clandestine laboratory near Cabramatta in Sydney southwest. Let's hope they have the book thrown at them because that drug is the devil. And well done to New South Wales police. A big operation there over the weekend and three men and one woman were arrested. They also seized around 50k in cash. And more importantly, they got a whole heap of ice, methamphetamine, that is, and also the precursors to make the drugs. Okay, quickly in sport in the NRL, the Sydney Roosters thumped the Tigers, didn't they? 40 to 6, even in the wets. That was thanks in part to Brett Morris, who became the first player in Premiership history to open the season with a pair of hat-tricks, while James Tedesco scored a double. Meanwhile, in the Sheffield Shield, Tasmania will begin day three, 492 runs ahead of New South Wales. New South Wales was bowled out by Tassie for only 32. It's one of the lowest scores ever in just 19.3 overs. It's the fourth lowest, in fact, the fourth lowest innings in Sheffield Shield history and the lowest ever for New South Wales. Meanwhile, in the supercars, Shane Van Gisbergen has proven himself as one of the best drivers the sport has ever seen. After winning all three races at Sandown over the weekend, he was magnificent. All while nursing, by the way, a broken collarbone. Uh, He's now been on the top step of the podium for all five out of five races so far this season. All right, give me a call. Let me know what's on your mind this morning, 13 12 69 or 1300 564652. That's Lawsy's number. You can call that. Uh, thefortress at johnlaws.com.au if you would like to send us an email. Uh, the Maclay River at Kempsey on the mid-north coast is rising despite the rain easing overnight. Councillor Anthony Patterson says the river's risen to six and a half metres. I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, the councillor joins us on the program. Morning to you. How are you, uh, Anthony? G'day, I'm well. Yourself? Yeah, good, thank you. Wallaby Point's had a lot of rain. Um, what is the latest there? Well, um, the, the levee banks around the town are at their maximum. Mm. They've got a couple of hundred mil to go before they start overtopping. Mm. Um, our big uh, concern is all the weather that's up in our catchment 
up uh, Armadale Walker area, and um, there's there's uh, one big weather system up there at the moment. Yeah, look, it's on its way down, uh, unfortunately, and southeast Queensland's copping a drenching as well. Uh, how bad is this? Is it as bad as you've ever seen? Um, it has the potential to be a very bad flood. Um, I've born and bred here, and of 2001 was the worst flood that I've seen, yeah. and we're still, we haven't reached those levels yet, but we, we have no way near maximised, um, it looks like, where this flood's going to go. There's inundation of houses in Smithtown and Gladstone downriver. There's uh, no uh, townships cut off, Hadhead, uh, Crescent Head. There's, um, there's a lot of work being done up here by the uh, SES and the uh, fire brigade, rescue service, the police, the council staff. Everyone's working so good together and um, we're getting really good um, updates on river levels and road closures uh, from the council on uh, council's website, also advertised on Facebook site. Sure. So uh, I just passed, I'm down in the middle of town at the moment, mm-hmm. I've just passed one of the um, last open um, general stores and there's a line-up out the front, so people are lining up now to get their um, basics good uh hopefully they won't go over the top we need to uh, make sure that everybody has access to to groceries and essentials the last thing we want is panic buying anthony oh that's for sure you know um the the droughts that we've been through the bushfires the covid you know the floods it, it does seem sometimes one after the other and i do think um uh, country people are, are quite um quite tough at putting up with uh, all these issues that we have that we have out here in the a beautiful uh, Maclay Valley. Yeah, um, one thing after another. Droughts and flooding rains, mate, and bushfires yeah, as well. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, well, resilience comes to mind, my friend. Absolutely. All right. Look, thank you for the update. Uh, look, it's sitting at around six and a half metres, but it's yet to peak, obviously, there. The Maclay, uh, Kempsey, all the best to you and, and everybody there. Stay safe, OK? <laughs> Most definitely, and uh, thanks for your interest. And uh, a shout-out again to all those uh, workers out there that are supporting us in the um, in the uh, flood issue that we have right now. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. There he is, Councillor Anthony Patterson uh, from Kempsey Council. Yeah, it's a worry there. It really is. Six and a half metres, and it's yet to peak. Marcus Paul in the morning. The Bureau is very concerned about the flooding in the Hawkesbury Nepean Valley. We are expecting river levels at Penrith to be levels near the 1961 flood. Just to give you some context, it is bigger than the 1990 flood and it's bigger than the 1964 flood. All right, now on the program very soon, we've got a few guests to keep us up to date on the flood situation. Uh, I'm going to be joined very soon by Daniel Austin, the Deputy Commissioner of the State Emergency Service. He'll join us in around about 20 minutes' time. Uh, We will also be joined on the program in the next half hour by David Elliott, who's the New South Wales Police and Emergencies Minister. Shane Fitzsimmons will also join us after 10 o'clock New South Wales time. He's the Commissioner of Resilience in New South Wales. And and very soon I'll I'll replay some of the chats that I had on my breakfast program. Uh, The breakfast show is broadcast 
on the mid-north coast. Marcus Paul in the morning. And this morning I spoke to a few councillors, uh, a few of the mayors, and we also caught up with uh, Stuart Ayres, the Minister for Western Sydney, who's keeping a very keen eye on his backyard there at Penrith on the Hawkesbury Nepean. Uh, by the way, as well, we also touch base with uh, one of our own, one of our boys from Talking Sport, Gav Robertson. Uh, he called me from the Windsor Bridge. It looks a mess there. It really does. So I'll play back a little bit of that. And also, David Littleproud. Uh, the federal government has announced, of course, there will be some some relief packages available for those most affected by this natural disaster. And I'll replay what David Littleproud had to say. 34 natural disaster zones have been declared in New South Wales, most likely more to come. The mid-north coast expecting a further 100 millimetres of rain today. Sydney... A further 100 millimetres of rain today as well. State Emergency Service responded to some 8,500 requests, including 2,500 alone last night. Too many flood rescues to mention. If it's flooded, forget it, please. Because every time you drive through flood water and you need to be rescued, you're taking vital services away from other areas. Okay, from from people trying to flee their homes through no fault of their own, they're being inundated with floodwaters. These people need rescuing, not idiots that hop in their cars and try to run the gauntlet against floodwaters. Don't do it. Evacuation orders are in place, of course, and in Western Sydney in particular, the Premier has announced that a further 4,000 people could be asked to evacuate their homes at some point today. So we'll continue to keep you updated on all of the information. Marcus Paul in the morning, in for the John Laws Morning Show. Marcus Paul in the morning. Yesterday, we were hoping it would only be a 1 in 20 year event. It looks like it will be a 1 in 50 year event. And that means potentially uh, another 4,000 people may be asked to evacuate in and around that Hawkesbury region and parts of Western Sydney. Okay, give us a call. Let me know what's on your mind. one three hundred five six four six five two and emails the fortress of John Laws.com.au. G'day Peter, how are you? Hello, MP, how are you, mate? All right, thank you, mate. You are on the road up around the mid north coast, uh, around Tari. Where are you exactly? Uh Wallaby Point, about thirteen Ks on the coast from Tari. We can't get into Tari because the the road, apparently. Did you have uh, David West on this morning? Yeah, I'm about to play a little bit back of David West, yeah. The, the Stuart Bridge is closed. Uh, it's underwater. A number of uh, road apparently, closes. Apparently the Martin Bridge, the main bridge I saw on Facebook this morning, could be shut for three months. Three months. Okay. Well, let me confirm <laughs> that, okay, because we're yeah. not sure. Uh, let's hope yeah. not. Let's hope not. Ah, uh, yeah, there's lots of potholes, and um, I just heard the... What was it, the Mayor of Kempsey then, saying about people buying up? Yes. Well, old bars running out of essentials in coals. It's the only one we've got out here. And the problem is, of course, uh, the shelves can't be restocked because no. the heavy vehicles can't, can't get in. in there. No, they can't. Yeah. 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 And old bar, old bar Road would be like a lunar surface right now because it was like that on Friday when I got home from work around midday to start long service. We had up until 6 o'clock yesterday night, 54 hours of straight rain. And there's more to come, unfortunately, mate. <sighs> yeah, I know. Another 200 mils up this way. So um, 
There's not going to be much getting done around Tari in the next week except big clean-ups. All right. Well, we thank goodness we have uh, locals getting amongst it and, of course, those angels in orange. You stay safe, OK? All right. I'll call you in a couple of days and tell you how it's going. Appreciate it. Thank you. There's Peter up there at Wallaby Points on the Mid-North Coast. Now, this morning I spoke to Helen Reid from the Weather Bureau. Well, it's really been one that's been hanging around for the last four or five days, and now it's being joined by another one coming across from the west. So western parts of New South Wales are likely to see significant rainfall today as well, a couple of hundred millimetres through a few places. Um, And that's just moving east and that's going to be enhancing, in a sense, what we've been seeing for the past few days. So it's not going to ease off today or tomorrow, but as that system finally moves offshore during the course of Wednesday, we can expect Mm. life for the northern parts of the coast and through the Sydney region. Um, The far south coast is likely to have a, a... not so good time of it come Wednesday, but further north, looking like it might be a time just to start seeing how how extensive that flooding is. All right, so in a nutshell, for my listeners, first and foremost on the mid-north coast of New South Wales today, what can they expect, Helen? They can expect more rainfall today. Mid-north coast um, has got numerous rivers um, in flood. Um, do keep a check on the latest information from the Bureau of Meteorology. Uh, there are... Um, Expecting to have more rainfall today, even up to about 100 millimetres is quite likely for a few places as well, um, in even more than that in others. So it's just going to enhance what rainfall, I mean, what flooding is already there is going to be maintained as that rain continues today and tomorrow. Yeah, Helen Reid from the Weather Bureau. I also caught up with Scott Hodder from the SES. It's been a very, very busy night. Uh, look, I mean, since tracking this entire event, more than 8,500 requests for assistance. Um, of those, uh, 2,100 coming in overnight, uh, as I'm sure everyone knows uh, and can see the footage. Uh, floods are a big concern for us and we're doing a high number of flood rescues. So we are asking members of the community to follow our advice. Please stay off the roads if you don't need to be on the roads. And if we're asking you to evacuate, please follow that direction. All right. So we know, uh, unfortunately, there have been a number of flood rescues. Do you have a, a rough figure and where have most of these been, Scott? Look, we have had a number in the Hawkesbury-Nepean Valley um, as floodwaters continue to peak there. As, as uh, Just before I came on, the messaging there is this is a very serious event, very significant event. Um, we've also had a number of flood rescues up in the areas of the mid-north coast and the Hunter region as well. Um, all of those for a variety of issues, of course, as floodwaters impact people's homes. Footage, again, unfortunately, of the couple's home floating down a river yeah. just shows you the seriousness of this event. All right. The New South Wales Police Commissioner is David Elliott. David joins us on the program. Thank you for your time, David. I know you're a very busy man this morning. No, my pleasure, Marcus. Well, where do we start? Uh, We know that there are a number of areas that are still not out of the uh, danger zone yet, with more rain expected today. As we've heard from the Weather Bureau, we've got 34-odd LGAs that have been declared, uh, well, natural disaster zones. So we just need to ride it out today and and be as safe as we possibly can and importantly listen to the instructions of your members police officers and those that are working hard to try and keep us all safe david well that's right the SES are the lead agency in an incident like this but they're very ably backed up by fire and rescue uh, rural fire service and of course new south wales police 
Uh, and it, it, it isn't an option when you're given a, uh, a directive from the SES. They are professionally trained. There's 10,000 of them. Uh, we've got 1,500 deployed today. Uh, and their job is to save your life. And uh, when you ignore their requests, when you don't uh, familiarise yourself with evacuation orders, when you don't uh, uh, follow directives not to drive through floodwaters, the only people that are being uh, having their lives put at risk are yourself and, of course, the SES volunteers. Now we've had emergencies not long ago with uh, with fires. We know how this how rough this country can be. A number of areas that were initially uh, damaged by bushfires. Some areas have also been through drought. And now the resilience is coming to the fore again with this flooding emergency. Uh, What would you say to those who just continue to want to drive through floodwaters? I saw this morning that we're flagging some increased fines, etc. Every every SES and police and emergency worker you take away from other areas attending to somebody trying to attempt to drive through floodwaters. I mean, it's, it's very selfish. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, um, Marcus. It's selfish. And as I say time and time again, you wouldn't walk into a bushfire, so why would you drive through floodwaters? And it is not only dangerous for yourself, but uh, are these flood rescue teams of the SES professionally train up? I mean, it's an expensive exercise to train them. And then when we uh, deploy them, they put their lives on the line. And uh, and it's completely unnecessary. But you're quite right. I mean, there's been an ongoing debate over uh, years uh, about whether or not people should pay for the cost of the flood rescue, whether or not they should, uh, uh, whether or not they should be fined. Well, it is a, it is an offence, and the police can fine you if you deliberately ignore um, a flood uh, warning when it comes to uh, uh, the road, the use of a road. But uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just it is probably the most frustrating job that I have as minister responsible for the SES. Every time I put out a public information. A bulletin about flooding, flood rescues, driving through flood waters and, and water over road. I, I reckon within an hour, I'll get a text from the SES commissioner to say that another uh, another teams had to be deployed. And, and when you consider overnight another 150 flood rescues occurred, bearing in mind not all of them were motorists, some of them were people who've been trapped on their roofs and the like. But it is it's just it, it's an unnecessary burden, and, and I suspect I'm going to be. Um, condemned to spending the rest of my career as the minister responsible for the SES telling people don't drive through floodwaters. Well, I've got a, a gent who I'm going to speak to after you, David, who wants to personally thank you and uh, members of the SES. He was rescued in Port Macquarie on the Hastings River yesterday, so I'm going to catch up with Paul in just a moment. But uh, could you please pass on? I know you're in meetings a lot and you, you do speak to the SES coordinators. Uh, pass on the thanks of a very grateful state for the, the volunteers in particular, um, I mean, obviously some of these people are in flood-affected areas, so they've given up their time. Uh, a lot of them could be at work earning money, but they, they put the community first, and that's what makes this community spirit so good. And it comes to the fore every time we have emergencies like this, David. That's right. We've got 2,000 emergency service volunteers out today, 1,500 from the SES, and then a, a mixture of uh, others from some of the other volunteer combat agencies as well as the standing combat agencies. But it is important for people to know that they are volunteers. They are volunteers who have been taken away from their families, who we're very, very grateful for those families who who, who are probably suffering a significant amount of anxiety knowing yeah. what the SES member has to do. Yeah. But what also upsets me, which your listeners need to be conscious of, is that they are volunteers. Now, I make that point because I'm sick of hearing them being abused because they're late to a job. Um, sometimes really? They, uh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, uh, and I've had it as recently as this morning. 
Uh, yeah. they, they, they have to, you know, they, they either get out of bed or they uh, have to leave work, they have to get into their kit, they have to go to uh, pick up the vehicle and then they go to the job. Mm. And so when I get told, oh, well, uh, an SES volunteer was abused because he was four hours late, which probably four hours late because he could have been a, a nurse or she could have been a police officer or, or somebody could have been on a construction site and, and, and had to go through all of that uh, pre-deployment operation. And it's not an easy job to do, but no. uh, they are volunteers. So people need to not only um, thank them for their service uh, to the state, but particularly thank them when they come and help you. Well, absolutely. It just goes without saying. Just before I let you go, David, um, what government assistance is available um, for those who have been affected in these disaster zones, some 34 and counting? Well, we've already uh, announced uh, with the Commonwealth uh, disaster assistance measures and yep. we're not going to be wasting any time when it comes to enacting that disaster relief because that also creates unnecessary anxiety when people don't know um, what uh, what the future lies, particularly the uh, the immediate future. So uh, those uh, the assistance has been placed at 34 local government areas, and I'm reserved the right, as David Limbaugh, the federal minister, to expand that. I suspect, unfortunately, uh, we will, uh, yes. and uh, and that will give people uh, um, support for um uh, for uh, their, when they when they've lost their homes, or yep. it gives them support if they run a small business to get concessional interest rates, freight subsidies if you're in the agricultural. Um, fraternity and uh, and grants also for not-for-profit organisations. So it's uh, we'll be working um, very hard to make sure that uh, future measures are announced as, as soon as possible. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know it's going to be a very busy 24, 48 hours. Let's hope the worst has passed. Um, we can only hope Warragamba Dam continues to lose uh, the equivalent of a a Sydney Harbour each day. Can only hope that the weather forecast is wrong because we've got more rain on the way, David. Well, that's right. The next 48 hours will be a very, very trying time and uh, and, and uh, families need to be aware that they have to look out for each other. But there are those 20 evacuation centres available. Yes. But make sure that uh, if you are evacuated, you, um, you, you act swiftly because yep. the last thing we need is your business to be the next... Um, the next flight rescue. All right. All those evacuation centres, road closures, school closures, all up on our site. Thank you, David, for your time. I appreciate it. All the best to you. Always a pleasure, Marcus. Thank you. All right. There he is, New South Wales Police and Emergency Services Minister David Elliott. As I mentioned, all of the school closures, road closures, evacuation centre locations, just go to 2smsupernetwork.com and click on my show page, Marcus Paul in the Morning. You'll find all the details there. Marcus Paul in the Morning. We require some assistance in relation to flood rescue operators. So we've got 85 personnel coming from both South Australia and Queensland and requesting an additional 40 coming from Victoria. Well, speaking of flood rescue operators, Paul met a couple of those, I think, in the last day. Paul found himself having to need rescuing in Port Macquarie over the weekend on the Hastings River. Uh, Paul, you there, mate? Yeah, Marcus. How are you, mate? Good. What happened? Oh, uh, it was Friday night, and we got a bit, uh, the water came up a little bit, then it started to subside. Then I got woken up about um, three in the morning. Oh, yeah. On um, Saturday morning, it was dark, and people were going frantic, and the water was right up. And about five, uh, four minutes to five or four fifty-six, <laughs> um, the SCS knocked on my door. They were there, and they said, "Just pack everything, pack what you can." Well, so what did you grab? Me. What could you grab? Yeah, I just had to grab my medication. Yeah, and um, just a couple of pairs of um, jocks and socks, mate, and um, a 
pair of jeans and a t-shirt and that's it mate and a plastic bag and and me walker stick and they put me out put me into a raft and they took me to a dry place in the raft and then by that after that they put me into a car and took me up Hastings River Drive to a bus and then we got um they, the bus took us to um evacuation center is that where you oh, are now? Could... Where are you now? Are you at the evacuation? Oh, I'm at my ex's place, believe it or not. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> and, yeah. um, no, she's been fantastic. Um, there's a few people I'd like to thank, if you don't mind me saying. I'd yeah, like to thank absolutely. the SES. Mm. You know, I had my suitcase packed and all that, but there was no room in the raft to take my suitcase. Sure. So the amount of clothes I had, you know, um, which was ha- absolutely nothing... I decided, oh, you know, I was pretty down, so I went to my local pub. There's a pub up here called the Fernhill Tavern. Right. And I went there and um, told the bar lady um, about my story, and she went around, you know, and um, got me, you know, a nice sweater and a parka and a couple of T-shirts and a beanie and a bag. Oh, to that's put it wonderful. All in. Which pub that's was this? One. What's the name of the pub? The Fernhill Tavern. It's Fernhill. Um, run by the Flowers Group. Good on them. Well yeah, done to the Fernhill Tavern. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you weren't one of those blokes standing knee high in water in the pot. No, I think that was Telegraph Point. That was incredible. Oh, we're in knee high water, mate. <laughs> we're knee in knee high water, water, water mate. Beer. I went back yesterday, yeah. guys. Yeah. And my car, because uh, the tide went out yesterday, I had to go back yesterday. Yep. And my car, up to the seat, even the seats were wet. So, what is the state of your of your house? No good. What do you got to do? Outside, it's an absolute disaster. I've never, I've lived here for about two and a half decades, twenty-five yeah. years, and I've never seen this, seen it this bad. Oh, I mean, it, it is horrendous. I've never seen it come up so quick. Mm. And it was, you know, um, that time of the morning, yeah. you couldn't see it come. You no, couldn't see course. outside because it's so. Could dark you hear it though? Could you hear it? No. No. Okay. No. Right. And what about uh, your your belongings inside? You said outside's just destroyed. What about inside? Have you have you lost everything? Have you, Paul? Or? I haven't gone inside yet. Oh, dear. Okay. So all I got is, as far as my car, I was too, you know, um, emotionally upset to go inside. Oh, okay. All I did, you know, made sure my car started it dead. My ex uh, bucketed all the water out of the floors and all that, and I got my car out, yeah. you know. And um, I've got to replace, you know, probably the whole interior of my car, the seats, the mm. carpet and everything. But I haven't been inside yet. But I've put right. everything on higher ground. You but will I be... I can guarantee yeah. I've never... It, it didn't... It, you couldn't see it coming. No, no. You will be entitled to some money from the federal government. So what I want you to do today is get in contact with Centrelink. Make sure you do that uh, and you speak to somebody there because you will get an immediate payment of $1,000 just to help you through over the next few days. Okay, mate? Oh, eventually, mate. I'm still, right. you know, a bit of a mess. I'm still very sure. emotional. I understand. But I just really want to thank the SES. I really do. Well, that's very kind of you. and We appreciate it, Paul. And thank you for sharing your story with us this morning. I don't mean to rush you, but we've got to get to some other callers and uh, a stack load of ads. Thank you, mate. What a, well, there you go. There's a story from somebody really at the, the coal fa- face of what's gone on on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Peter Denton is from our 2RE uh, Mid-North Coast station, uh, right up there in, in Taree. 
uh, in the Hastings. Hello, Pete. How are you, mate? What can you uh, tell me? What's going on there this morning now? I, I can totally empathise with the gentleman that oh. you were speaking with about the emotions of, uh, of seeing what is occurring um, across our region. Um, my wife and I went to have a look at the river at um, Tari on Saturday morning and I almost cried. It was... It was just devastating. It was one of those situations where you look at the um, look at the scene and think, "How is this happening? How is it going on?" But um, I just spoke with the SES in the last few moments or so. Um, yeah. They're saying that there's minor flooding occurring in the Gloucester area, so um, they're uh, they're copying it a little bit. They're getting water coming down from the Barrington tops, and um, they're uh, they've got uh, a situation there where they're being helped out by the SES. Um, the word is over the next two days for our local region, um, with this weather system that's coming through, there's a potential for 100 millimetres each day of rainfall. So um, we're watching that. We're hoping like hell that it's going to uh, avert and go somewhere else. Um, yep. There's also a situation where we may be back to normal, yep. may be back to normal for the weekend. Uh, the good thing about it is no lives lost, limited entries, the people are keeping safe, and that's one of the things that the SES is saying, great, that's, that's what we need. Um, no flood rescues in the Manning last night. Good. We've also realised, too, they talk about up here in the Manning, in the Tari area, the 1978 flood, the flood level. Well, it was 5.45 metres. In 2021, we've exceeded that, and it's 5.54 metres. So we've, we've kicked over the uh, 78 flood. We're now into the 2021 flood. So... Uh, there's been evacuations uh, for low-lying areas at Central Wingham, the Wingham Peninsula, uh, the Tari CBD. It's been flood-affected since, well, Friday yeah. uh, at Cundletown and Jumeric Island as well. There's a lot of businesses in the Tari area that are, are cleaning up and washing off, and, and uh, there's been a, a little bit of word around, well, don't worry about doing that, but I think... People need to do yeah. what they have to do and Absolutely. keep themselves active to get yeah. their mind off the situation. Very true. Thank you, Peter. appreciate your update this morning and no doubt we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Take care. There he is, Peter Denton, from our 2RE newsroom on the mid-north coast in Taree. Marcus Paul in the morning. Marcus Paul in the morning. The terrible storms and floods that have been ravaging New South Wales these past few days are taking a heavy toll. This is not the first time that New South Wales has faced such terrible storms and, and flood events, but it is certainly very concerning for all of us, and our thoughts are with all of those going through these very difficult times at this moment. Well, the federal government has announced some uh, relief. I spoke to David Littleproud, uh, the federal minister in, in charge of emergency and disaster response. I'm going to replay that for you after uh, the next news. Uh, so that uh, those who have been affected by the floods, whether you're out there in Penrith, uh, whether you're in Richmond, Windsor, whether you're up there on the mid-north coast, wherever you are, uh, you will be able to get access to uh, these payments. And also, if you're a job seeker, uh, and obviously you can't attend your job uh, interviews, well, uh, until early next month, there'll be a reprieve. But anyway, we'll we'll play that back very soon, David Littleproud. Just in other news briefly, the state government in New South Wales is spending $8 million to upgrade, upgrade women's refuges. Eligible services will be available um, to apply for grants. 
worth at least $25,000 to expand accommodation and improve facilities. So eligible services, that is those that run these kinds of facilities, women's refuges, they can get grants of up to 25 grand to expand accommodation and improve their facilities. Minister for the Prevention of Domestic Violence, Mark Speakman, says there's been an increase in demand for services during the pandemic. Uh, Also making news in uh, Sydney, unfortunately, uh, we've had another death on our roads. A man has died after a single vehicle crash in Sydney's north at Terry Hills. This happened just before nine o'clock. Monavale Road at Terry Hills. We've got a car that's unfortunately hit a tree. Uh, The male driver, the only occupant of the car, has died at the scene. He is yet to be formally identified. No one else was injured in the accident. Now, a crime scene has been established and an investigation into the circumstances surrounding the accident will now begin and obviously a report prepared for the coroner. Local traffic is affected, so there is a road closure there. Monavale Road at Terry Hills with a fatal accident this morning, sadly. Now, this morning we spoke to a number of mayors, uh, those who are looking after councils in the worst affected areas of the floods in New South Wales, in particular on the mid-north coast. I spoke to David West, mid-north coast mayor. It is morning. The the rain is still falling, albeit very lightly. Mm. So we're an 8,000 square kilometre rain catchment area. Hence the reason we've just gone through a one in a hundred year flood event. It's incredible. I've seen the, the photos from Old Bar, Taree, um, Wingham, Harrington. Uh, it's just not stopped. Marcus, I guess the, the way to demonstrate how serious this is, people would have seen a house floating down the Manning River. Yeah. Now, th- that house can be replaced. But short distance from where that house was taken, 120 head of cattle were washed away. Oh, dear. Another dairy farmer in this area, lost 60% of his dairy herd washed into the Manning River. We're we're talking about a massive amount of water over a very large area, travelling at pretty high speed. Water that's travelling fast enough to strip bitumen from roads, rip concrete, cause major landfalls, landslips. All of our schools are closed. It's... it's, uh, We've got to come out of a pandemic, mm. the worst bushfires in the history of the area, major drought in the area, and now we're being hit with this. Yeah, there he is, David West from the Mid Coast Council. After the news, we'll hear from David Littleproud and also Peter Pinson, who's the mayor of one of the most affected areas up there, Port Macquarie. Boy, oh boy, Port and Area South really copped it. And it's not over yet, so we'll catch up with Peter Pinson. 13 12 69 or 1300 564 if you would like to have your say on the John Laws Morning Show. Uh, I've got some emails that are coming through. I'll get to some of those after the news as well. If you want to send me a note... MP in the morning at 2smsupernetwork.com. Uh, if you're used to sending them to Lawsy, thefortress at johnlaws.com.au. Now, an update for you on John. He is travelling well, and all things being equal, uh, we'll have John back on the radio, back on this program, this time next week. Another week to recover, and he'll be back fighting fit. 
Marcus Paul in the morning. Marcus Paul in the morning. The Bureau is very concerned about the flooding in the Hawkesbury Nepean Valley. We are expecting river levels at Penrith to be levels near the 1961 flood. Just to give you some context, it is bigger than the 1990 flood and is bigger than the 1964 flood. All right, welcome back to the program. My number, one three hundred five six four six five two. Well, I will uh, replay a little of what David Littleproud told me this morning, the Federal Minister who's in charge of disaster recovery. But assistance is now available in a number of areas, including Armidale, Bellingen, the Central Coast, Cessnock, Clarence Valley, Coffs Harbour, Dungog, Kempsey, Lake Macquarie, Maitland City, the Mid-Coast, Nambucca Valley, Newcastle, Port Macquarie Hastings, Port Stephens, Tenterfield, Penrith and others. They continue to grow. Uh, This assistance uh, is for residents who have suffered home damage or serious injuries in devastating floods. The PM, Scott Morrison, yesterday announced the activation of the Australian Government Disaster Recovery Payment and Disaster Recovery Allowance for a number of LGAs. Now, under this, eligible residents caught up in the storms and floods can apply for a one-off payment of $1,000 for adults and $400 for children. Those who have lost their livelihoods can now also get a short-term income payment through the DRA for up to 13 weeks. Now, Emergency Management Minister David Littleproud said the disaster package will help those who had suffered significant loss. So I'll replay a little of David for you a little later on. Meantime, Susan, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning, Marcus. Thank you very much for taking my call. All right. Um, okay, just just a, a minute or so, please. Um, I've got to put my other glasses on now. Sorry. Sure. You caught me unawares. You caught me with my pyjamas on. I got All you right. with your jammies on, have I? What sort of? I'm, I'm, what, I beg your pardon. What do you have with your jam? What's on your jammies? I have. You know what I have on my jammies? Little cats, at the moment. I got. Um, I got some kind of. It, it's blue with little gold teddy bears and bows okay. and arrows and things on it. Teddy, anyway, hang on, teddy bears and bows and arrows. What? Yeah. Okay. What's that's wrong odd, with that? That's an odd mix. <laughs> Teddy bears they're and bows silk, and arrows. Okay, they're silk jammies and, and oh. silk jammies, and I, I I put one of those, um, you know, those uh, men's blue cotton, um, you know, uh, work uh, singlets on. <laughs> You're telling the story, all right, Susan. I've got <laughs> I've got the picture now. What can I do for you? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Enough. Stop it. Okay, Marcus. Yes. I hope, listen, I lived for 30 years in, in New South Wales. So, you know, there's a great migration of, of New South Wales people to Queensland at the moment. Mm. But anyway, I'm not going there. But I've got something to say about uh, uh, this issue in New South Wales because we suffered floods here in, in, in Queensland too. And as far as I'm concerned, we're all on, on the same map. Yes, we are. Now, um, I hope these flood prevents these greedy developers and councils, they need to take heed over these issues, you know, and pay more attention to the people. You know, they put all their eggs, all these taxpayers put their eggs on the property. You know, um, uh, you know what's going to happen here inevitably 
um, you know, th- these people that own these flood zones at the moment, it's going to, uh, they need to uh, uh, flog off their current problems to recoup their losses. You know, another thing too that's, you know, th- this is where the crap hits the fan. The, the coming, it's going to be a coming revision of insurance. And that's kind of break them. Well, the insurers are on notice uh, at the moment. I'm reading a story now. Uh, insurers are on notice not to stuff around and not to uh, leave people hanging during this current emergency. All right, Susan, thank you very much. Look, you do have to ask the question, why do we continue uh, to develop housing and infrastructure on floodplains? I think it's a very valid question considering uh, what's happening around Richmond, Windsor and some parts along the Nepean Valley. All right, now, Peter Pinson is the Mayor of Port Macquarie. I caught up with Peter a short while ago this morning. Heartbreaking stories of, um, of some of our most vulnerable in our community are just heartbreaking and it's just devastating for our region and and, and the neighbours, uh, you know, the Mid-Coast Council, Kempsey Council, Nambucca, Coffs, we're all being affected. But uh, it seemed to start off on Friday with hitting us the hardest. And what I'd have to say is um, this is this is a totally different crisis from our fires and not taking anything away from, you know, how... Um, how confronting that was. You have a chance to fight fire. With flood, you can't fight a flood. Um, and a lot of people actually, um, Marcus, were, they were taken by surprise. And because of this, there was, uh, there was a lot of uh, emergency evacuations. And we're expecting um, the weather. There's two weather systems we're hearing that are going to collide. It's going to create more rain in a flooded region already, um, yeah. more swelling of our river systems, um, more danger. I, I just cannot get my head around the fools that have decided to drive through flooded water. In fact, there was an emergency evacuation. Young man almost lost his life. In fact, he ended up in hospital in a very uh, serious condition by doing just that. And uh, people put their lives on the ri- uh, at risk yes. to go into these floodwaters to save people. Yeah, more of Mayor of Port Macquarie, Peter Pinson, there. Now, just a reminder, evacuation points are in place along the mid-north coast. Uh, by the way, thank you to everybody who answered yesterday's call up there for bedding and supplies at these evacuation centres. They're at Old Bar, at Club Old Bar, Manning Point Bowling Club, Club Tari, the Wingham Golf Club, uh, Club Harrington at Harrington, uh, Buller Dealer at Central School there, uh, the Manning Valley Anglican College at Cundletown, and there's one as well at the Tungkurry Bowling Club. 131269 if you would like to have your say. By the way, animals, uh, the Taree Sales Yard is open for emergency stock relocation. There are a number of paddocks operating and some reserves of hay thanks to local land services. So isn't it amazing? Everybody comes to everybody's rescue. So if you have animals that you're worried about, uh, emergency stock relocation, there are a number of paddocks that are operating and some reserves of hay. 
Official evacuation centres are established and operated by the Department of Family and Community Services. Uh, the isolation of some areas makes this pretty difficult. However, there are some self-managed evacuation centres across the Mid-North Coast, including the Gloucester, uh, sorry, the Gloucester Soldiers Club at Coopernook at the Uniting Church and at Moreland Hall as well. And uh, on behalf of all of us, thank you to everyone who's volunteering at these sites as well. All right, now, if you are in trouble, don't forget that number to call, 132500. That is the SES number, 132500. If you find yourself in a life-threatening situation, of course, triple zero is the number to call. To stay up to date on all the latest road closures, uh, well, just go to our site because we share it all the time. Uh, just go to 2smsupernetwork.com and click on the show page, Marcus Paul in the morning. In just a couple of moments after the break, I want to go up to our sister station, 2HD in Newcastle. I'm going to have a chat to Sarah in the newsroom with the latest on the floods around the Hunter. Marcus Paul in the morning. Yesterday, we were hoping it would only be a 1 in 20 year event. It looks like it will be a 1 in 50 year event, and that means potentially uh, another 4,000 people may be asked to evacuate in and around that Hawkesbury region and parts of Western Sydney. All right, welcome back. Marcus Paul in the morning. Uh, let's go to another natural disaster area. It's the Hunter. And at our sister station, 2HD, uh, one of our super network stations, Sarah Baranovsky's there working hard in the newsroom. G'day, Sarah. Morning, Marcus. How are you? Okay. Um, what's the latest, uh, the latest you can tell me up there as the rain continues today and evacuation warnings remain in place in some areas? Yeah, the latest, Marcus, is that we are expecting more heavy rainfall across Newcastle and the Hunter this afternoon, and that could cause more flooding issues as well. So uh, Bulger in the Upper Hunter is actually the main point of concern this morning. We could okay. see major flooding along the Wallenby Brook there, so residents in low-lying properties have actually been told to relocate immediately. Uh, but we could also see minor flooding along the uh, Patterson and the William Rivers, particularly near Dungog, and minor flooding as well along the Hunter River in Maitland. But uh, there is good news for residents in the Hunter. The Weather Bureau is actually expecting conditions to ease by uh, Wednesday. So Newcastle should be clear of the worst of it by then. By Wednesday, yeah. It's a long way away, unfortunately. But okay, so the most serious issue now is that Bulga residents in low-lying areas are being evacuated with major flooding continues along the Wallumbai Brook. Uh, and also at Bulladeela. I mean, that's expected to peak a little later this morning, along with the Williams River at Dungog, and some minor flooding still along the Hunter River itself at Maitland and Raymond Terrace. Yes, that's correct. All right, what's happening when it comes to the roads? A lot of the questions we get during this time is, you know, whether or not the Pacific Highway is open. Uh, my understanding is that there are some issues still around Tauri. Um, I actually am not sure about Taree, but throughout the Hunter, it's yep. looking fairly clear on the Pacific okay. Highway. But yeah, there will be dozens of road closures in specific pocket areas of the Hunter, and I think it's best to check with local council websites. Oh, actually, for the latest I'm just, on those. sorry, I've just got a, I've just brought it up here. So the highway is closed in both directions due to flooding, Taree to Coopernook. So some problems there, and in the Newcastle area. Uh, Newcastle East, Shortland Esplanade at Newcastle is closed after a landslip there, and that's obviously an issue. Yes. 
Raymond Terrace, there's still water over uh, Windias Creek, uh, over the pedestrian footbridge. The footbridge itself is closed. Hunter Street, Raymond Terrace, the corner of Glenelg Street, New Line Road between Beaton Avenue and King Park. Uh, roads are closed around there at the moment as well. And, of course, no, uh, no aircraft movements at Newcastle. No, so Newcastle Airport has actually suspended all flights to and from the airport until at least uh, midday on Wednesday. So anyone who had any plans to come to Newcastle will have to contact their airlines and uh, reorganise their flights. Now, there are a number of Hunter schools closed today due to flooding as well. Yes, there are. There's about a dozen uh, school closures, I believe, and that Mm. includes um, Patterson Public School, Dungog Public, Hinton Public, Bulladila and Laguna as well. Okay. All right. And also uh, the trains. Have you got any detail on the trains? Yes, we have. uh, Trains are suspended, actually, between Newcastle and Fassifer due to water on the tracks. Mm -hmm. And uh, buses are also replacing trains between Newcastle and further inland between Maitland and Dungog. Yeah, all right. So no trains, no planes and the automobile. Well, we all know what they say, don't we, Sarah? If it's flooded, forget it. Exactly. Stay at home, stay safe and uh, wait for the wet weather to pass. Yeah, thank you for the update. Appreciate it, Sarah. Good work. No worries. All right, there she is, Sarah Baranowski from our 2HD newsroom up there in the Hunter. Good morning to all of our listeners in that neck of the woods. Cessnock, gee, you've copped it out there as well. Uh, that All those areas are a part of the declared natural disaster zone and disaster recovery assistance is available, OK, around that area. Stuart Ayres, meanwhile, looks after... Western Sydney. He's the uh, Minister for Western Sydney. He also looks after sport and a number of other portfolios. I spoke to Stuart this morning. Uh, Penrith is his backyard, as it is mine. That's where I grew up. I know the area extremely well. I also know how prone it is to flooding. Well, there's no doubt that we're experiencing one of the most significant floods we've seen in a generation. Um, This is something that we know this valley is capable of delivering. Um, Across the Hawkesbury, we see uh, major flood warnings. We had a major flood uh, warning across Nepean yesterday. We've seen a little bit of respite overnight with the river, Nepean River peaking at around 10 metres. It's now dropped um, to the most recent update at just over eight. But that has led to evacuations in places like Jamison Town, uh, the western edge of Penrith near the river, as well as places like Regentville, yeah. uh, which I think the SES is calling North Mulgoa. Uh, so... We have seen those evacuations take place. Obviously, the low-lying areas in and around the Hawkesbury are going to be impacted quite significantly, where water spreads over much further locations here in Penrith. The, the high banks in the Penn River do protect a large part of Penrith. So That's we've, right. we've seen that the moderate flood here has only impacted those low-lying areas. So Penrith CBD currently doesn't suffer from any uh, inundation. But the crucial thing for all of your listeners... Marcus, is that it's not over yet. Just because we've seen a a, a drop in the river level overnight Mm. um, doesn't mean that as that water that keeps going to flow into the water catchment behind the dam, this rain, literally rain bomb that is sitting across Sydney and Western Sydney and our our drinking water catchment is going to keep pushing water into the dam. And with the dam full, that water is going to keep um, spilling out of the dam and pushing down our river system. And that will continue to impact 
low-lying areas through Penrith um, and Hawkesbury, places like Richmond and Windsor and McGraws Hill, Wilberforce, Pitttown for many, many days yet. Well, that's right. That's why we need to be extra careful because we know we're, you know, unfortunately having to release more and more water out of Warragamba Dam. We've got another, according to the Weather Bureau, at least another 100 millimetres over the next 24 hours and that, of course, will uh, only further swell uh, the Nepean and then the Hawkesbury as we go down to the Windsor Bridge, it's overflown, and of course uh, we do have some some evacuations in areas around there. What would be your suggestion to people uh, in areas around Swollen Creek, South Creek, uh, for instance, around the St Mary's area, all the way through to Penrith and down to, to Marsden Park, across Shane's Park? I mean, yesterday some of the photographs and the, the vision of these poor people uh, with their homes inundated around Shane's Park, I mean, that was awful, Stuart. So the most important thing, Marcus, is that people are staying very close to the notifications that are coming out from the SES and the Bureau of Meteorology. Um, They are giving advance warning on sites that they think will need to be evacuated. They're asking people to prepare for evacuation. So make sure that you do some basic things. Make sure you've got your bag packed. Make sure that you've got um, clothing that you can take with you. Make sure you've got your identification documents. You've got your insurance policy with you as well. So if you do have to evacuate, you're prepared for that evacuation. Um, Make sure you understand where you're going to travel to. So um, get on uh, live traffic to check out where the local road closures are. Make sure you know where you're going to drive to um, and you're driving on roads that aren't cut. So being prepared is absolutely critical here. The phrase we often use is get ready. Um, if If you're not ready now, you need to be getting ready immediately to evacuate locations if instructed to by the SES. All right, there he is, Minister for Western Sydney, Stuart Ayres. Uh, Belinda has called. Uh, She's busy now at work. She was on her way into work. And just reminding us to be careful on the roads, she was driving along the Pacific Highway at Asquith in Sydney's north when a large tree fell on the road in front of her. Now, thankfully, it didn't hit any cars, but it is a warning. Yeah, particularly up around Asquith, Warunga, those sorts of places, anywhere, in fact, where there are a number of trees along the side of the road because of all this rain, what it does, it loosens the soil and timber. So you've got to be very careful. Now, trees have taken on a lot of water and they will fall, particularly near roads. So remember to drive to the conditions. Across Australia, the John Laws Morning Show. Call now, 1-300-JOHN-LAWS. Marcus Paul in the morning. We require some assistance in relation to flood rescue operators. So we've got 85 personnel coming from both South Australia and Queensland and requesting an additional 40 coming from Victoria. All right, welcome back. 13 12 69, the telephone number and emails. MP in the morning at 2SM Super Network. Uh, Lewis has sent me a note just to remind me, of course, yet we'll keep an eye on things in regards to that Royal Commission today. Uh, Lewis says there is a call for a Royal Commission into veteran suicides. Uh, Yes, we've mentioned it this morning already, mate, but yeah. Uh, we had Jackie Lambie on the program, wasn't she impressive last Thursday? I thought she was magnificent. The way that she has stood up for veterans and, and fought tooth and nail, she really has, uh, to get this thing off the ground. I think she'll be rewarded today. We'll, we'll find out more as soon as it breaks for you. Marcus Paul in the morning. Well, we all 
remember this man, Shane Fitzsimmons. He is the new Commissioner of Resilience in the state of New South Wales, and he joins me on the program. Good morning to you, Shane. Uh, Good morning, Marcus. Thank you for your time. Now, I haven't spoken to you for a while now since, well, (laughs) unfortunately, the last lot of natural disasters we had. You and I spoke a couple of times during the bushfire crisis. Congratulations on your new role, first and foremost, and thank you for all the wonderful work getting us through that uh, bushfire crisis. Yeah, thanks, Marcus. It's 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 really worrying to think that that was only 12, 18 months ago, you know, and you look yeah. at you look at all these communities being so terribly infected, impacted by these this severe weather event with so much rain and so much flooding. They're the same communities that endured the worst drought in, you know, in centuries. Um, the the awful effects of the bushfires, the unprecedented bushfire season for the state, uh, from Queensland down to Victoria. Then they've been through COVID, you know, and now they're dealing with storms. So. You know, our hearts are genuinely with uh, all these different communities and we've got 34 local government areas that have now been declared natural disasters as a result of result of these latest uh, storm and flood events. I'm just having a look at the definition, Shane, of resilience, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, the ability of a substance or object, no, we don't need to worry about that. It's the first one and we do that brilliantly here in Australia. Nobody better, I reckon, in the world at resilience than us here in Australia. <clears throat> absolutely. And, and resilience is absolutely about coming out of adversity, out of disasters or, or pretty big traumatic events, coming out better and stronger. And, and it's a challenge enough to deal with one event or one disaster, but when you've got the compounding effect of disasters like we're seeing on so many communities across New South Wales in the last 18 months to two years, it just reinforces the need to draw on that resilience capacity, the inherent culture of resilience that we've got across this great state, across our, our great country, mm-hmm. uh, the mateship, the, the focus on community, the, the want to be there and support one another is absolutely fundamental and is going to be critical again uh, as we work through all the devastation and all the despair that's associated with what's unfolding now. We've still got pretty significant weather um, uh, to endure over the next 24, 36 hours where yes. these two big weather systems converge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the clean-up and the, and the recovery uh, will, will have immediate implications, will have short to medium term, and then there'll be obviously uh, the longer term <coughs> recovery. And it's not just about rebuilding and repair and reconstruction and, and all that clean-up. That's absolutely important. Yeah. But we've also got to keep in mind it's also about the healing markers. People... This is very traumatic for people, particularly those that have just endured so much in the last 18 months or two years. So what will be your role in this? Uh, I mean, you, you've got a lot of experience, obviously, uh, in disaster management. Um, you will, uh, no doubt, provide that expertise to, to those who are at the, the coalface again. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the state's effort, we're all backing in and supporting the SES as the lead agency who are overseeing the extraordinary, widespread, complicated and challenging response uh, to, the, to the flood work, um, but also um, uh, in my role as resilience, uh, particularly in relation to disaster, it's actually about leading the recovery. Uh, so all that comes with the clean-up, uh, the rebuilding, the repair, the reconstruction, uh, the, the outpouring of support for the emotional and psychological well-being of people. So a whole-of-government approach um, using non-government organisations and community partners, backing in and supporting local government as the primary leaders 
uh, in determining what the priorities are and what the needs are <clears throat> in partnership with their local communities, uh, but providing the, the financial and the material yep. support uh, in the short, medium and longer term. Well, I couldn't think of a better bloke for the job. Thanks for joining us, Shane. I really appreciate your time on what is a busy day for you. Thank you. Thanks, Marcus. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Shane Fitzsimmons, Commissioner for Resilience in New South Wales. Marcus Paul in the morning. The terrible storms and floods that have been ravaging New South Wales these past few days are taking a heavy toll. This is not the first time that New South Wales has faced such terrible storms and and flood events, but it is certainly very concerning for all of us, and our thoughts are with all of those going through these very difficult times at this moment. Okay, welcome back. 131269, the telephone number. It's more of a, I guess, a flood special today as we update you on the latest information as it comes to hand. Uh, I'm looking right now at the SES and their wonderful website, ses.newsouthwales.gov.au. There's so much information there. In fact, there are 103 current notifications across New South Wales. It is a very, very easy site to navigate. And I would say today, probably one of the most important websites you'll come across in our country. Daniel Austin is the Deputy Commissioner of the SES. Daniel, thank you for your time. Sorry to keep you on hold, mate. Morning, Marcus. How are you? Well, thank you. Uh, Look, it's a very busy time. Uh, It goes without saying. Just first and foremost, on behalf of uh, of John Law's listeners right across uh, the state and, of course, the country, Thank you uh, to all of those volunteers. I call you, your blokes the a- and, and ladies, the angels in orange. They really are. Yeah, look, we've had uh, a massive amount of uh, on-ground presence uh, in excess of 1,500 uh, SES volunteers a day. They do a magnificent job uh, right up and down the coast. They've been through some exceptionally trying circumstances and, of course, uh, as you know, they are members of these communities as well. So, uh, you know, they are a part of the pain that will uh, be with some of these communities for, for a long time to come. Now, I mentioned uh, just before I, I crossed to you about this website. Get your emergency kit together, check road closures, electrical safety tips, what you can do during a storm and floods, etc. cetera. Uh, this is a very hands-on site and I think a really important one for people to familiarise themselves with. Yeah, there's there's a lot of really uh, really good information um, on there. There's um, some information that's actually quite specific uh, to the Hawkesbury and Apian Valley as well. Yep. Um, but yes, a lot that people can do to prepare themselves. And uh, as I know you've mentioned already today, this wet weather is with us still for a number of days, so it's not too late if you haven't started preparing to uh, to get on with that. Absolutely. One three two five hundred is the telephone number. Do you have an update on? I guess, the number of jobs and, and what's been required of your wonderful volunteers? Yes, yeah, so um, the, uh, we refer to this whole thing as an event. The event total, um, which is since Thursday, um, is just about to touch 8,750 requests for assistance that have been made. Uh, that includes a total of 807 flood rescues um, as well. Um, but, uh, you know, as I said before, over 1,500 volunteers per day from the SES supported really well by our partner agencies as well uh, and by and large by the community um, doing the right thing, being proactive and, uh, and being aware of what's happening around them. Just explain very briefly for my listeners why you should never, ever consider crossing in your vehicle or otherwise a flooded road. 
Yeah, so a really good question. It's um, look, we've all seen images on the TV in the recent uh, days, um, and you look at firstly the colour of that water. Um, so who knows really what's in it um, in the first place? Um, the massive amount of debris, and uh, I was doing a, another interview earlier where they were talking about the number of things they'd seen bang into a bridge, and they were talking pretty big objects. Um, so you know, there's there's a massive amount of danger there. The speed of that water is, quite frankly, um, scary. There's no other way to put it. Um, and um, and really, it will move you from one place to another. So all you're doing is putting yourself at risk and then you're putting your rescuers at risk as well. Um, it is just not worth it, um, quite frankly. Uh, I think it's been said before, it is a stupid act. Well, that's right. If it's flooded, forget it. Look, I know you're very busy, Daniel. Uh, anything else you wanted to add before I let you go? Look, really, um, thank you to the community um, that have been uh, listening and taking action accordingly. We ask those people to, to uh, that live in those low-lying areas um, around where we've seen some activity, uh, but also more broadly across New South Wales, because we know, you know, this is not just a Sydney Metro event. This is also well and truly up and down the um, north coast, um, and we're also watching some weather systems that are moving across the inland parts of New South Wales as well. That's right. So um, people need to be um, vigilant. They need to be aware of their surroundings. Um, and as you mentioned, not to drive through floodwaters. All right. Well, thank you again on behalf of all of your volunteers, 1,500 plus coming forward each and every day. Uh, a big thank you from everybody um, who they've assisted and will continue, no doubt, to assist over the coming days. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks, really appreciate support. No problem. Daniel Austin, the Deputy Commissioner of the State Emergency Services. Aren't they just wonderful, these people? So, 8,750 requests for help from the State Emergency Service since Thursday. They have attended to 807 flood rescues. And their wonderful volunteers, 1,500 plus each and every day, are there for our safety. If you ever need to call the SES, 132500, of course, uh, I just double-checked that. Yep, 132500 is their telephone number. Of course, if you find yourself in immediate danger, triple zero is the go-to. But certainly, uh, if you need some assistance, they'll always be there for you. 132500 for the State Emergency Service. All right, uh, Queenslanders, and particularly those in the southeast, are being urged to prepare for more wet weather. State Emergency Services crews have received over 300 calls for help there. Flood warnings remain in place for the Narang and Coomera rivers with rainfall totals up to 230 millimetres falling in the catchment area since yesterday morning. It's all over the place. The Weather Bureau says conditions have eased but could intensify throughout the day. So that's for our listeners here on the Super Radio Network listening up on the Tweed Coast and elsewhere around Queensland. Please, again, take it easy around there. Get in contact with Marcus anytime. Connect with us at 2smsupernetwork.com. Email us. Check out our podcasts and listen live. 
2smsupernetwork.com. All right, Mike has been in touch via email. Marcus, I support the call for a Royal Commission to address the problem of veteran suicide, but surely we wouldn't need to have a Royal Commission if the Ministers for Defence and Veteran Affairs, the Veterans Affairs Department and all the admirals and generals did their job, perhaps. If they don't understand the problems or have any solutions, I suggest we have the wrong people in these positions. We all know that the worry with the Royal Commission is that they will take time with this problem. Thing is, it needs action now. They cost a lot of money and often the recommendation sits in a nice glossy report going nowhere. I hope I'm not being too cynical, but it does need support now. Um, All right, I've got some more details on the flood that I'll get to in just a moment. I mean, it's taking its toll on the livestock. A dead cow, as you heard, washed up onto a beach at Port Macquarie over the weekend and other cattle have been rescued from all over the place. I mean, some were swept off their feet by fast-flowing water. One cow was even rescued by lifesavers at Old Bar Beach near Taree. Incredible. And that happened over the weekend as well. It's been very tough. Not only for, you know, for you and me and those families, businesses, but also our fur friends as well, fur babies. Don't forget cats and dogs. Look after them. It's Marcus Paul in the morning. Let's play a little bit of music now. Tell me what you really like. Baby, I can take my time. Paul in the morning. We're off to the news in just a couple of moments. Give us a call, 13 12 69. We'll go back to open line callers right after this. All right, welcome back to the final hour of the John Law's morning program. It's been a busy show. I know we've been pretty much preoccupied in the last couple of hours with what's been happening. So far as the floods, emergencies concerned in New South Wales... We'll continue to cover it, of course, but if you you do want to have your say on some other issue, please give us a call, that number, 1300 564652. And if you want to call the 131269 number, you can call that as well. Uh, But we'd love to know what you're thinking about this morning. Um, Look, if you're in the southeast of Queensland, what's the weather like there? Maybe uh, you'd like to talk about or thank the wonderful volunteers from the SES. Maybe you've been caught up in the floods yourself. Maybe you're not interested at all. I mean, we're all interested, of course. Uh, But I'm getting a lot of emails in relation to what I spoke to Jackie Lambie about on Friday. And more and more emails are coming through in relation to whether or not the federal government will go ahead with the Royal Commission into veteran suicides. Do you think they should? Let me know otherwise. one 300 I spoke to our our mate Gavin Robertson uh, from Talking Sport on the Super Radio Network. He was in Windsor this morning at the Windsor Bridge. There's been a little bit of conjecture about that bridge. I mean, they needed to replace the old one. It quite simply was rickety uh, and couldn't deal with the, the amount of trucks and the volume of traffic. Uh, but they'd hoped that when they built a new one, it would survive a flood. No, I'm looking at pictures right now from the Windsor Bridge, and even the new one is underwater. That was always going to be the case. It wouldn't matter whether you built the Sydney Harbour Bridge <laughs> across the way there. Uh, I think it still would have flooded. Such is the strength of the Nepean-Hawkesbury River. Now, with all that water, I mean, each day 
there is the equivalent of a Sydney harbour flowing downstream. That's how much water is being released from Warragamba Dam. By the way, I've got a note here from the Rapid Relief Team. They're inviting Western Sydney locals to pick up sandbags at Jamison Park at Penrith and McQuaid Park in Windsor to help fight flooding ahead of further severe weather today. These people are amazing. What a great job they're doing. The charity, made up of local volunteers from the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, supplied more than 7,900 sandbags, totalling 230 tonnes, yesterday after setting up in support of the New South Wales SES. Just think for a moment how much sand that is. 230 tonnes worth of sand, nearly 8,000 sandbags. Uh, Rapid Relief Team Director Alastair Dent said they were glad they could provide support in a small way, with many of their members also living locally and experiencing the devastation of floods themselves. So they're inviting anyone from the local area, that is the Penrith area, or uh, the region around Richmond-Windsor, they're inviting anyone from those areas who need some assistance in shoring up their homes to drive by and grab whatever sandbags they need. Okay? So the place to go to, Jamison Park in Penrith. Locals there will know exactly where it is, Jamison Park, and McQuaid Park in Windsor, where free sandbags are available, courtesy of the Rapid Relief Team. All right, speaking of Windsor, Gav Robertson. I caught up with Gav earlier this morning from uh, our Talking Sport program. He was there at the Windsor Bridge. Well, you go back a year ago, roughly, and um, look, it, it was up, but we're talking it was only up to the old bridge, and the new bridge was waiting to be opened. And currently, uh, as I, you know, I'm literally 50 metres away from the bridge, and we're talking about that the, the water in the middle on the western side of the bridge is actually completely over the walkway and the yeah. highest rail. Mm. But the when you look at Freeman's Reach, which is the next suburb, both that and Wilberforce is pretty much under. Uh, Wilberforce, the high parts would be surviving at the moment, but when you look at the flat parts, which is all of the lawn areas and where they, they do all the lawn uh, growth, uh, right up to the mountains um, where it starts to rise, which is about five, six k's away. That's completely under. So I've I've never seen it like this. And as you say, one in fifty. But um, and and the, the point is, can I see it going down? And we're looking at a speed of tide at the moment that is just flying. And I figure around one thirty, two o'clock, the tide will turn. So that could be very interesting. Well, they're saying that uh, it could reach the river could reach around fifteen metres uh, as early as this morning. Yeah, well, 15 metres is is a, a primary primary worry. I mean, we're talking about at the moment. I think it's um, it's close to 12. But um, all, all people who are on the river with caravans, etc., they are pretty much on their way to sort of they are a they can't get in, b they don't know what's going to happen to the caravan, let alone the boat, etc. So the and plus yeah. the, the amount of houses that are through the Hawkesbury River system right down to Spencer and through to Brooklyn. We're talking pretty big numbers, so there's a, a fair amount of people 
with some serious stress going on at the moment. From Taree to the Tweed. You're listening to Marcus Paul. Call Marcus now, 13 12 69. Yeah, David Little proud. Um, he'll join me on the program very soon with an update on the uh, assistance that is available for those in the flood-affected areas of New South Wales. Some 34 LGAs have now been declared natural disaster zones. So that's on the way. Uh, by the way, the SES continue to work hard. We heard uh, in the last half hour they've attended to some 8,750 call-outs in New South Wales alone, uh, and 807 people have been rescued. 807, not all of them, thank goodness, being silly in their cars, many, of course, being stuck on their roofs. But that's a lot, isn't it? 807 flood rescues and some 8,750 requests for help. 13 12 69, the telephone number to have you say. Uh, i got a note here from New South Wales Police. A man will appear in court today charged over the alleged aggravated sexual assault of a woman in the Illawarra. Now, this allegedly occurred on Friday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Officers from Lake Illawarra commenced uh, an investigation after receiving reports that a 42-year-old woman had allegedly been assaulted while at a massage parlour in Jerringong, of all places. Jerringong. I don't know if you've been to Jerringong. Jerringong's a, a beautiful seaside town. Uh, I think there's, oh, there'd be probably maybe 5,000 people there, if that. It's a mini Kiama. Uh, 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 it's very unspoiled. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous spot. I can't imagine there'd be too many... Uh, uh, massage parlours around. But anyway, following inquiries, detectives arrested a 60-year-old man at the business at 9am yesterday. He was taken to Lake Illawarra Police Station. Now, the man who is, in, who is employed as a masseuse was charged with 19 counts of aggravated sexually touch another person and 11 counts of aggravated sexual assault. It's alleged the man sexually assaulted the woman on multiple occasions during an appointment. He was refused bail and he will have to explain his actions today to a magistrate at Wollongong Local Court. Marcus Paul in the morning. Yesterday we were hoping it would only be a 1 in 20 year event. It looks like it will be a 1 in 50 year event and that means potentially uh, another 4,000 people may be asked to evacuate in and around that Hawkesbury region and parts of Western Sydney. All right. As I mentioned before, the Kempsey Central Business District and low-lying community of Smithtown are on high alert as the Maclay River continues to rise amid the unfolding flood crisis on the mid-north coast. Residents have been evacuated from the town centre of Kempsey as as the latest predictions forecast that the Maclay River levee bank may peak at 6.6 metres, which would trigger severe flooding into streets throughout the Kempsey Central Business District. Heavy rainfall has been reported upriver of Kempsey over the course of yesterday afternoon, and that's resulting in a rapid rise in the Taruka gauge from 6pm last night. River levels downstream of Taruka are now also rising. Now, flash flooding around the Shire has caused several road closures, so much so the council may not be in a position to attend or access at the moment. Significant road closures are in place, including the northern bypass access into town due to severe flooding at Fredericton. So, in other words, 
it would appear that Kempsey right at the moment is isolated. Evacuation centres remain open at the Kempsey showground at the Southwest Rocks Country Club as well, and public schools and most independent schools are closed today. Give us a call, let me know what's on your mind. 13 12 69, the telephone number. Now, when you think of the word commodity, you think of gold, oil, coal, even wheat or cattle, but there's another commodity which will be sure to shock most law-abiding Australians. Security experts are warning that people are putting too much of their own personal information on online platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even the Business Person Connection website LinkedIn, which is in turn being harvested by criminals and then sold on. When you think about it, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? You might have your birth date or the town in which you live your phone number or photos of yourself on your Facebook profile. And when someone gets their hands on all of that, they basically have their own digital profile of you. With that information, police have repeatedly seen personal details sold on places like the dark web so that other criminals can then do things like steal your identity or drain your bank accounts. Now, AFP Assistant Commissioner Justine Goff made quite an interesting point. Would you walk up to a total stranger in the street and tell them your security clearance or that you work in payroll? Because that's essentially what some of these social media platforms facilitate. David Lacey, who's the managing director of ID Care, a website used to report suspected identity theft, said reports of people being deceived by scammers has risen to 50,000 in the past year alone compared to just 12,000 two years prior. I mean, for goodness sake, that's a a four-plus increase, isn't it? A four-fold plus. Anyway, there is a way around this, and it's to ensure that you have the security settings on your social media profiles set as strict as they can possibly be. Or just don't post any personal information. And before you do post anything, ask yourself... Would this give this in, would I give this information to a total stranger? If the answer is no, then don't do it. Thirty-four natural disaster zones have been established in New South Wales, the mid-north coast, Sydney's west and northwest. The SES have been kept busy with some eight and a half thousand requests for help, and those requests keep mounting up. I mean, they've, they've had plenty since last Thursday. Uh, there is some support from both the federal and state governments. The Federal Minister for Disaster Recovery is David Littleproud, and he joins us on the program. Good morning, David. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Now, obviously, Australia, we know it's a, a land of droughts, and at this point in time, flooding rains, David. Uh, we've had them before, but in Western Sydney and in some areas, it's the worst in 50 years, they tell us. Yeah, and look, this could get a lot worse today. Uh, and in fact, the Bureau's telling me that there's probably no let-up in terms of rain until probably tomorrow, late tomorrow. 
So it's important we appreciate the scale and gravity of this situation and how serious this actually is. This is a matter of life and death in many cases. Uh, we are going to see more rain today and significantly when we've got catchments that are already saturated, uh, we're going to see water move quickly uh, and if it, if it falls heavily in the wrong parts then we've potentially got some real issues and that goes from not just southeast Queensland right through uh, the east coast of New South Wales and, and you put it into perspective, if you look at the Hawkesbury and the PN system, uh, effectively there's around 2,800 people that have been evacuated so far but if we get the wrong weather in the wrong place, potentially we could see over 54,000 residents impacted by this uh, and this just shows the scale of the issue that we are planning for. We're working with the state government, the New South Wales state government, to make sure every contingency is looked at. But it is a serious situation and we hope that you know the rain falls in different parts, but we have to be potentially ready for the worst. Absolutely. Now, is it possible at some point that the, uh, I guess, the, the reserves or, if you like, the Australian Defence Force may be called to help with this, David? Is that something you've uh, perhaps planned for? Yeah, look, David Elliott and I are talking daily uh, and they're just trying to get through the immediate emergency and that means that they need a specific skill sets that have come from other states, from Queensland and South Australia, which we should be damn proud of the fact that every Australian's prepared to chip in, even though it might be in New South Wales or any other state. So uh, they're working constructively with that. But then we're working with David Elliott to make sure that the, the recovery after and the support from the Australian Defence Force, if it's required, it will be there. They are ready to move, and they have been ready to move on New South Wales' request since the start of this system. So uh, we're working closely. I've got Emergency Management Australia personnel uh, ensconced in, in the uh, crisis centre in New South Wales, as well as ADF personnel are in those centres, so that it is fully coordinated, and as soon as a request is required, uh, that it happens. You've got to understand we don't rush them in, because yeah, sometimes we can send them in, in and they're, they're in the road. So uh, we're working through uh, the support New South Wales needs, but David Elliott is obviously uh, working through this with Shane Fitzsimmons as Resilience uh, New South Wales Commissioner. All right, and just briefly, I know you're, you're pressed for time. Uh, residents who have suffered home damage or serious injuries in these floods sweeping across New South Wales are being granted immediate access to disaster relief payments. Uh, the Prime Minister flagged those yesterday. Yeah, so this is just our initial piece of support. We'll make further support once we can assess the damage. But it's $1,000 per adult and $400 per child. And also for those whose income has been um, lost because of the floods and current work, uh, particularly those who might be casuals, you can get up to 13 weeks income support to the level of Ausstudy or Abstudy. And all you have to do is contact uh, Centrelink this morning. It's, uh, the officers are ready from 8am to take your call. And we just say to people, please don't self-assess. Uh, this is there to support you in your hour of need. Uh, we, uh, the, uh, Your fellow Australian wants us to make sure you're okay. Don't feel obliged not to do it. You, you are uh, more than entitled to put your hand up and to get some Absolutely. dignity and respect in your trying time. David, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. Stay safe. From Sydney to the Sunshine Coast. Get up. You're listening to Marcus Paul. Call Marcus now. 13 12 69. Look, as I mentioned, uh, the Kempsey CDB, a CBD, always do that. Low-lying community of Spithtown, they're all in the line of fire from the Maclay River. It continues to rise and it is of concern to authorities. Anthony Patterson is the Deputy Mayor of Kempsey. He also owns a business in the city centre and he joins us on the program. Anthony, thank you for your time, mate. 
Yeah, no worries at all, mate. We're busy down here at the moment in the middle of town um, evacuating the machinery out of our business. Um, we've got Mid-Coast Cranes here doing a great job helping us out. Um, the levee banks are pretty well topped. There's nothing left. So um, any more rise we get uh, is not going to be good for the town. Um, but I do believe at the moment we do have a high tide. So yeah. there is a bit of a tidal surge on the Mackay. Okay. So, so look, I was looking at the weather map just earlier before mm. I was speaking to you, and um, that now we're, we're getting the rainfall up in our catchment, which we didn't really want. No, not at all. Uh, 6.6 metres, uh, I mean, that's what they're expecting. Um, it may well peak at that. Do you think it's nearly there, do you? Yeah, yeah, it's not far off at moment. Um, what what we don't want is, is further rain yeah. in our catchment, like I was saying, and, and it looks like it's happening. And um, because there's nowhere to go down here, as far as uh, river levels, you know, it's it uh, you know we suspect it's going to uh, or expect it's going to uh, break the banks, and um, and I think we'll be seeing the, the levees broken later on this afternoon, um, and uh, and then we, we'll have to deal with what what's in front of us. There's still the communities downriver from Kempsey, uh, Gladstone, Smithtown, Southwest yep. Rocks, Hadhead that have all been cut off by the flood water. So um, they're all being um, helped out by emergency workers. Mm-hmm. And um, with, uh, there's a number of um, areas for people to evacuate to that have been set up through the town as well. You know, it's I hate I hate to bring it up on a day like this, but I mean, this town of yours has really been resilient. You are one of Australia's most disaster-prone towns. I mean, you've been hit by 19 natural disasters in a decade. Uh, yeah, boy, this is God's country. Yeah. Oh, mate, we we have the most beautiful valley in the in the world, mate. I've done a lot of travelling around the world as yeah. a younger bloke, and uh, mate, you will not get me out of this place. To, the people and the community and the the beaches, the mountains, um, yeah. you know, the community aspect of this place is just, you just can't get it anywhere else, mate. No, and unfortunately, um, you know, you do cop it, though, uh, natural disasters. I don't know how many dr- uh, how many floods you've had. You've also been hit by droughts <laughs> at some, yep. <laughs> some point as well. But, I mean, there are plenty of others that just won't leave. I mean, what about uh, the bushfires west of uh, Kempsey in particular? You got smacked by those last year as well. Oh, that was a major event. There's still um, many farmers upriver and homeowners that have been heavily affected by the bushfires, still people living in caravans and tents. Um, but, you know, they, yeah. they've moved to this area or they've born and bred in this area that, you know, they, um, they're hanging around. You know, there's, um, this is just such a great place to be, mate. No, um, what about the, uh, the flood pole in the middle of town? Will that be reached today, do you think? Let's hope not. Oh, I'm hoping not, mate. I, I really actually doubt it today. Okay. I, I think our issue is going to be more likely tomorrow because right. um, the town doesn't fill up like in an instant. Yep. It's like filling up a big bathtub with uh, a couple of hoses, you know. Um, of so, uh, you know, the, the, the public are doing the right thing. You know, the shop owners have been very helpful. You know, the SES workers and all the, all the um, emergency workers, the police, the council staff, everyone's doing a fantastic job. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a, a great place to be part of a community like this, mate, as, as, as much as adversities we see, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll, t- we'll stay in touch. I wish you and everybody there in beautiful Kempsey all the best today. And we'll touch base with you probably tomorrow, mate. Look after yourself, please. 
Good on you. Thanks for your interest. Cheers. My pleasure. Anthony Patterson, Deputy Mayor of Kempsey. I mean, it is one of Australia's most disaster-prone areas. I mean, they had a newly built bridge a few years ago that had been swept away twice within a couple of days. (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, people stoically live in tents after their homes have been destroyed in catastrophic bushfires. It's just incredible. Incredible. 13, 12, 69. But look, Australia is a tough and resilient place. Annie, are you there, Dale? Hello, Marcus. How are you? Okay, thanks, Annie. What did you want to say? I just want to drop a little bit here. I heard on the news that the, you know the floods are really bad everywhere, everywhere. Water, 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 everywhere. Yeah. But I didn't hear him mention the big floods that we were in in 1956 in Sydney at Lansvale. Oh, yeah, Lansvale. Um, now, what's the Georges River there, isn't it? It's the Georges River and the Prospect. We lived on, on, we lived, my pop had a caravan and a holiday park down there. Okay, yeah. And the river left, one went along the front and the other one came a few, uh, a bit further around, but more or less in between the two of them. Okay. And that came in February sometime in 1956. And we were living in a tent down there at that time because um, my pop wasn't very well and he lived in a house up thank heavens it was a little bit higher. My dad was a butcher yep. and he went to work and he said, Mum, I'm going to put a pole here. I've lived here all my life and that if that water gets to that pole, you get the kids and get out. Well, sure enough, it did. Yeah. It just took over because they let the water out of the Warragamba Dam. Yeah, well, that's what's happening again. History is repeating itself. All right. Oh, no, no, that's just the overspill. Yeah. They opened the gates and let oh, the water out. gosh. No, no notification, and there was people with caravans. They were just floating down the river. Oh. We lost everything that we had. Really? My dad used to have a little goose there, that you, a goose or a goose, whatever you call it, and uh, I'm sure if he could say his name, he would. He used to follow Dad everywhere. Well, it took her to everything, and they tell you don't don't play around in the rocks. My sister that got married in, in September, yeah. not sorry, September, the 17th of March. Right. She was riding logs from one to the other to get to the bank to get up to Nana's. Yeah, well, that's not that's not something we'd encourage in this day. No, age, I, I wouldn't do that now. No. Back, back in back in those days, and yes. I said, I know, I I was fifteen, and I piggybacked <laughs> my young brother through through the water yeah. to get up to Nana's, and then the army Dear ducks had to come and get us out. Oh, I mean, my, yes. Uh, the, uh, we are a, a, a land of drought and flooding rains. Ah, oh, you're you're not wrong there, love. But <laughs> I, I, I can uh, when I see that on the on the, I just can't believe what we went through. But now that all brings back me- memories. I'm it's, sure it does. It's terrible. But I just thought I'd mention the the 1956 one, love. That was all. Well, I thank you for calling and uh, and for sharing that memory with us, and I, I'm glad that <laughs> it's brought back those memories. Hopefully, not all bad memories. No, no, but we Good. lost our pot because the time the army ducks got us all in and got got him out, he passed away with oh, a heart attack because oh okay. he was worried about all the people living on his land. Did they all get out? Did they all get out? Oh dear. I'm sorry to hear that. You have a good day, Annie. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Marcus. All right, thirteen, twelve, sixty-nine. If you'd like to have you say, la, 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 la. Marcus Paul has Sydney talking. talking, talking, talking. All the.
news and the views. Marcus Ball, weekday mornings from 5am on 2SM. All right, give us a call, 13 12 69. Look, it's been over a month now since Myanmar's military began their coup, forcefully removing the country's leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, and then promising a democratic election. Well, the election, of course, is yet to happen, and more than 50 civilians have been killed on the streets while protesting the military's heavy-handed control. Now, it was reported at the beginning that one Australian had been caught up in the coup, economist and senior advisor to Miss Suki, uh, Sean Turnell. Now, the Morrison government's been trying to secure his release and return to Australia, but the military rulers say he'd attempt to flee the country with state secrets. Righto. The Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade has now confirmed it is providing consular assistance to two more Australian nationals. Business consultants Matthew O'Kane and Krista Avery are understood to be under house arrest after they attempted to flee the country on a relief flight last Friday. Now, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, as is always the case with sensitive repatriation cases, says they can't provide any further detail at this time, but it is getting incredibly dangerous over there. As the public gets more frustrated with the military, the military gets more aggressive and soon the country will turn into yet another dictatorship on our neighbouring continent, and we don't want that. It's clear people are extremely unhappy with what's happening. Over the weekend, nurses and doctors donned hard hats and marched down the streets at dawn, brandishing posters. They staged the march at dawn to evade security forces, but sadly, four more people were killed over the weekend at the hands of security forces, So the whole thing is getting utterly out of control. Now, of course, we understand the countries have the right to sovereignty, but something needs to be done now to stop all of this violence. The world can't sit by and ignore the fact that a country's military is killing civilians in cold blood in the middle of the streets. The world needs perhaps to band together and help end the violence in this, well, in maybe, hopefully, a peaceful way. Maybe we need to send an international envoy to facilitate a democratic election, which is ultimately what the military promised at the beginning of the whole damn thing. All right, 131269 to have you say. As we all know, what was meant to be a shining star for Sydney Harbour was quickly dampened by a damaging inquiry by the New South Wales government. I am, of course, talking about what was meant to be the new Sydney Crown Casino, which was found to be unfit to hold a gambling licence. The New South Wales inquiry has resulted in a similar inquiry beginning in Victoria, which coincidentally starts today, and another one which is due to be undertaken in Western Australia as well. So all of these different jurisdictions are looking into Crown's business. There's no doubt the actual structure in Sydney is amazing. I mean, it's almost transformed the cityscape, particularly on the western side of the harbour. I mean, around Piermont and all those areas. Just amazing. I mean, I can see it here. For, <laughs> as clear as, well, not quite as clear as day today because of all the rain, but I can view it from my studio normally. It is unfortunate that its intended operators failed 
at doing their jobs and following the gaming rules. And so begins the rescue. There are reports today that US private equity group Blackstone has promised to take over bid for Crown Resorts. Now, the Australian Stock Exchange this morning announced it had received an unsolicited and non-binding indicative proposal from Blackstone. In other words, they're putting the feelers out to see whether Crown wants to sell up and walk away. Un- well, I'm sure the Packers would still keep their uh, penthouse on top, wouldn't they? Under the proposal, Blackstone price Crown shares at $11.85 each, meaning the takeover would cost $8 billion. It's a lot of money. Crown Resorts say they've not formed an opinion on the offer yet and will have to consult with relevant stakeholders. But the thing is, the scathing Bergen report, which caused Crown to lose its gaming licence for the Sydney Casino, has now resulted in the resignation of five leading board members. And... Add to that issue, if the inquiries in Victoria and Western Australia come to similar findings and conclusions, there really is no way for Crown to operate as is, without completely distancing itself from all leading executive staff and perhaps starting afresh. So maybe the offer from Blackstone, which I'm sure will result in many other firms making similar offers, might be the easiest way for the group to perhaps break even and get out. Marcus Paul has Sydney talking. All the news and the views. Marcus Paul, weekdays from 5am on 2SM. All right, uh, I've got a note here for those on the mid-north coast. Evacuation orders. Community members who have been asked to evacuate are encouraged to seek assistance from friends and family in the first instance. But if that is not possible, head to an evacuation centre. Now, SES evacuation orders remain in place for low-lying areas of the Lower Maclay for the Kempsey CBD, as we heard just a few moments ago from their Deputy Mayor. Evacuation centres are open at the Kempsey Showground, which is at C Street in West Kempsey, and also another evacuation centre at the South West Rocks Country Club, which is on Sportsman's Way at South West Rocks. Now, the Premier of New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian, spoken to the media a short time ago. Here's what she's had to say this morning. All of us are thinking of you. Some communities who were battered by the bushfires are now being battered by the floods and deep drought prior to that. And I don't know any time in our state's history when we've had these extreme weather conditions in such quick succession in the middle of a pandemic. So they are challenging times for New South Wales, but I think we've also demonstrated our capacity to be resilient. Yeah, just look after yourselves. Wherever you're listening to us, whether in Sydney, out there in the northwest, the western suburbs around the Depey and Hawkesbury, or up on the mid-north coast, 132500 is the SES number. Marcus Paul in the morning. Stephanie Mills, I never knew love like this before. I tell you someone who is feeling the love, and I want to finish on this note today on a, a very happy note. A spear fisherman has reunited with the officers who saved him from the ocean after being separated from his boat and circled by a bull shark in Port Stephens. Now, back on Saturday, a boxing day it was last year, Matt Smith was spearfishing off his boat with a friend near Broughton Island at Port, Port Stephens that is, when they surfaced to find the boat gone, missing. (laughs) After experiencing an engine problem, the boat drifted from the spearfisherman before the skipper on board, a friend of the pair, let off a flare. Now, Senior Constables Glenn Young and Nick 
Leach from the Port Stephens Marine Area Command found the boat and picked up the skipper before commencing a search for the stranded spear fishermen. Now, they were searching for the men in difficult conditions. The wind had got up. There were white caps. Uh, so finding a couple of divers in the water was pretty hard, like finding a needle in a proverbial haystack. But still, they found them. The men aged 36 and 28, they were attempting to swim about five kilometres to shore. And they were being, well, circled by a bull shark before finally being found by police. Uh, Maddie says, I looked up and I saw the red and blue lights. And the relief and gratitude I felt then is like nothing I've ever felt before. No kidding, Maddie. No kidding. Unbelievable. So I thought we'd finish on that too. Nice note today. Thank you for listening. Uh, look, the program today, pretty much an update on the flood situation. I'm sure here at the Super Radio Network we'll keep you up to date on everything that's happening around our listening areas. Make sure you stay with us. Make sure you have the open line number handy, 13 12 69, to call through and to let us know what you see. Be our eyes and ears out there. And above all else, please, if you're in one of the flood-affected zones... Please look after yourself. Don't drive through floodwaters. Call the SES if you need help, 132500. Get in touch with Centrelink if you've been affected and you need some money um, and some support from the government. But most of all, just look after each other. And if you are in a, a life-saving, a life-threatening situation, call triple zero. Have a wonderful day. We'll be back tomorrow. Marcus Paul in the morning. And now I'll teach you so-